Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 256. This is a DC Comics podcast. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by the surprisingly noisy right now, Matt. Uh, so I was moving my microphone a, a little bit closer so I didn't have to project as much. I mean, uh, the closer the better. Just moving the microphone yeah. tends to be noisy. <laughs> Come and curse the Mute the mic before you do that. No, that would be talking though. <laughs> I wouldn't even mind that much if it was like five minutes out, but it's literally the opening intro to the episode. This is someone's first episode and they're just hearing... I'm sorry. This Start as you mean to go episode. on. Uh-huh. Yeah, go back to do another one. Yeah, that's Let's start here. So, yes, Connor's here too. This is the first time all three of us have been together in uh, about a month. Yeah, it's been a while. But a bit of an alternate... Alter- which is mainly just because Matt had a weird busy month because he had an anniversary plus another trip. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was busy me. And, and the weeks that he was free, I, I was working. <laughs> yes. So uh, we are here. We are recording this on Friday, which again is a lot, not quite normal. Saturday's the usual day. But just in case any news drops on Friday night that you think it's weird I didn't talk about that, yeah. it's because we recorded yeah. before it. Uh, just know that if in about an hour and a half time, uh, Pete gets distracted, it's because he's watching Dynamite Live because uh, it's on tonight. Oh, no, no, it doesn't start till 10 p.m. Eastern, Matt. It's not until after we're done. Oh, oh, oh. oh man. Here's, here's hoping there's no overtime hockey. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. I thought, I was, oh, shit, I can't watch Dynamite Live this week because we have to record comics. And I realized, no way, it's on two hours later. Oh, I'm done. Man. Because Matt needs to be done for his hockey game, yeah. I'll be done for Dynamite. So Yeah, look at that. It works. It's playoffs. If it wasn't playoffs, it would be fine. But it's playoffs. And if anybody that follows me on Twitter knows... Uh, you won't shut up about stupid playoff hockey. That's okay. Uh, the only people that usually uh, talk to me about hockey are, are Connor, my friend Jeremy, you know, uh, uh, listener Nick. And so um, <laughs> no, that, that was true until the Colorado series started. And let me just tell you, Colorado internet fans, not the best. <laughs> uh, so that, that's uh, Joe, fine. Joe, fine. I, I saw Matt tweeting about football earlier and and, mm-hmm. and by that i mean soccer yeah uh, he, he's expanding you're he, he, he gonna watch some of the euros matt oh uh, probably not but um i just wanted to to take a shot not take a shot but mess with rob a little bit yeah you know get his hopes up just a teensy teensy bit but you know you, you say this no no i'm not i'm not watching but, but but maybe you'll be tempted i mean we're getting close to a world cup aren't we next year yeah usually they alternate every two years between euros and world cup but yeah because they're still calling this euro 2020 even though it's they're doing the same with the olympics yeah the olympics are still called 2020 this year and they and they still hit a snag because japan is having a hard time uh with with things so yeah fun but yeah so no i was only asking because apparently uh, according to rob costa rica doesn't fear mexico and if you don't know that he's talking about uh, soccer, uh, that's a pretty bold statement to make about <laughs> geopolitics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so no. I'm, I'm so glad that you went on the stupid sport tangent before I even listed the books we're reading and talking about today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's do actually, you want it now or do you want it in the middle of one of the timestamp books? I prefer, well, because the middle of the timestamp books is funnier because David has to edit that out. Uh, but it's also... Pete's such management, he thinks it's funny to make people work. Only <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's not me. Yeah, guy, you would be a front office person. That's the, that's the uh, important part. Yeah, um, that's real quick. 
Also, Pete, I'm I'm almost done with Game Changers. Uh, you undersold how good the show is. Oh, it's a fun show. It's a fun it's show. So good. I, I yeah, I saw you tweet about the uh, the update yeah. on the eggs uh, practice. Yep, yep, yep oh, that was a nice, nice little so good. Beat. Yeah. Uh, so no, but this is a DC Comics podcast. So if this is your first episode, you're wondering what the hell are they talking about for the first three minutes. Um, we are today going to be talking about the following DC comics from this week: Batman One Hundred Nine, Justice League Sixty Two, Green Lantern Issue Three. Oh shit! I didn't read Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> there was so many books this week. That's okay. Me and oh my god! You missed one of the best ones. That's we're... one of the best books on the list. Oh my yeah. god! You know what? When when we're talking about something else, you can give it a quick read. Wait, yeah, I'll read everything else. Yeah. No, sorry, you know what? I'll let you to handle Justice League. I'm gonna go read Green Lantern or Green Swamp Thing. Were you reading that? You didn't read Green Lantern either? No, I didn't read Green Lantern. I just okay. misspoke. Okay. <laughs> there was too many books this week. I was wondering why you were pausing so long. I was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, wait a minute. What? Something's not computing here. How did I miss Swamp Thing? Uh, there was too many books. All right, so then we had Man Bat issue five. We got Next Batman Second Son issue three, which is digital chapters seven, eight, nine. Uh, and then we have Batman Catwoman issue 5, The Nice House on the Lake issue 1, The Conjuring the Lover issue. I could have dumped that in red. Fucking spot thing. Uh, <laughs> this is, and this is mainly what I have to say about The Conjuring the Lover. There is a fake ad that is my favorite thing that I am waiting sure. until Sunday to to, to post because I don't want to spoil. You know, I want to give sure. you time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a waste of a book. <laughs> Do we, do we need to review this book anymore? Yeah, I, well, I read the goddamn thing, so I'll be talking about it, but... Well, I think you just did. You just told every, everyone everything yeah, they well, need we'll to get know. there. We'll get there. I said about it. I said stuff. Yeah. I mean, your reaction was quiet but, enough, I think. You know what? This could have been one of those things, Pete's like... I yeah. don't dislike it, necessarily. I would just would rather have read Swamp Thing. That's not, this is not that hard to follow logic. Yeah. Uh, I also have a Patriot book, American Vampire 19. But yeah, I, I'm going off make it. Justice League, and I'm reading Swamp Thing. I, I ain't not talking about Swamp Thing. You, I'm not you, having you to spoil Swamp Thing for me. Are you kidding me? I, I assume by that you didn't find Justice League particularly compelling this week. It was it was a weaker issue. There was there wasn't much happened. Oh, it's been just Justice League. What are you gonna say? Yeah, yeah. Me, me and Mal have fun on that one. Oh, that's okay, it. That's that, coming around to my side. Actually, that said though, you tend to go long for for the length that it is. The Justice League dart back up, like. You go ten minutes on that. I can I can read Swamp Thing in that time. Yeah, just like Dark is the, the primary. Fairly dense though, to be fair. We are talking about the the living man in the library. Oh, the spider you over know? there. No. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the librarian. Yeah. So, um, all right. Let's get to our my least favorite thing. Uh, numbers. Oh yeah, can we solid to top ten? That's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, I'm just talking, I'm I'm trying to download uh something. Uh, so <laughs> the the most anticipated book of the week. I blame Titan. I was too busy thinking about Nice House on Lakes. And that's that's true. That was very anticipated as well. Uh, too busy thinking about that. But yeah, Comicsology top 10. So this is just the top 10 of Comicsology at the time of recording, just to give us something to sort of gauge success and trends and charts each week. Uh, what do you think number one was, Matt? At the time Star of recording? Wars, War of the Bounty Hunters. No. Uh, I, Damn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and assume Nice House on the Lake. Nope. Man, okay. I'm, I'm actually Batman. surprised. It's Batman. Batman. Batman, yeah. Batman. No, no, I get that. But I really thought big hyped up new number one might have 
I've taken the spot. Mm. Always guess Batman first. If there's a Batman issue, always guess Batman Yeah, but also Star Wars. You know, like... You know what? Nothing pleases me more than the fact that Batman will regularly be Star. At least in comics. Maybe not in movie yeah, numbers yeah. and stuff. But uh, Connor, have you been spoiled about where the bounty hunters? I don't want to spoil you. Not explicitly, but I saw enough that I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know who let's, showed up. Let's just say that I picked up that issue just in case. Uh, speculators might go crazy. Well, I, I saw some speculators were then also going crazy over issues of the the Han Solo series, which yeah. was you know, the adaptation of the the movie. Yeah. Like, huh? I wonder who could show up in this. Yeah. yeah. I actually already had it downloaded. I just somehow it's missed it. Yeah. You, you already had War of the Bounty Hunters downloaded. No, Swamp Thing, you fool. <laughs> but right. yes, yeah, so this might be my jump back into Star Wars comics. All things considered, it's very much my. You, my niche you not so. check out the, the high republic stuff no connor i don't have time <laughs> <laughs> i can appreciate that I, i've had it i've had a book about uh coyotes in america like the animal not the human smugglers um you know i've been stuck on page 80 for weeks now you know just because i don't have time to get back to it i know that feeling yeah mm. so. so yeah number one was batman number two is marauders x-men book uh Number well, is it X Men? Marvel. What is this? The nineties. Batman uh, and X Men number one and two. Is it the cover? She looked at Emma Frost esque on the cover, which is why I assumed the X Men, yeah. but I wasn't actually I don't know sure. If it is Emma Frost because it might be it team, might be but... Kitty if yeah you know, she was she was the first star of that book and then and she was becoming like Emma Frost protege right? Well, that, that's why I said esque. You know, she's got like a white outfit on. She's got the blonde hair, but if this is what I'm doing to Kitty, I'm glad I'm not reading that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, X Force number twenty was uh, number three on oh. this list. Uh, Hellions, uh, another X book, another X book, number four. Number five is Amazing Spider Man sixty seven. Uh, number six is Batman Catwoman issue five. So you know, no DC book, no Batman book. <laughs> that. Uh, and then number seven is Justice League issue sixty two. Uh, and then Mortal Hulk issue forty seven comes in at number cool. eight. Uh, and then War of the Bounty Hunters, your Star Wars book. Uh, finally comes in there at number was that we were on nine eight nine, uh, nine. Uh, and then number ten is the digital book actually it says Batman Adventures continues uh, oh no it's not digital it's a full price one but anyway, season yeah, two yeah that, that was on this week yeah season two of that mm-hmm. It's got a fun looking cover that I'm looking at right now. So Marvel, or at least at the time of recording, are definitely dominating this top ten. And looking uh-huh. ahead for the rest of the DC stuff, uh, you got Crime Syndicate. And Suicide Squad actually is the next couple up, uh, a few slots mm. down. And then Green Lantern's a little bit further down. And then Swamp Thing comes in in the sort of, uh, I think it's number 19 there. So, to be uh, fair, I don't expect something to be a bestseller. As, mm. uh, even even as good as it is, no, I don't think it ever you, has been. You know what I'm enjoying, though, is that Ram V teased that he's going to be joining the Venom team uh, this fall. Yeah, yeah they so officially announced that, it. It's him yeah, and, so... Uh, I want to say it might be Al Ewing. Yeah, I think so. But he's uh, you know, people seem to be excited about that. So that that's the name. So if if that's you and you're not reading something, what's wrong with you? And two, go read something. Yeah, uh, and just uh, I think the last interesting one here is number twenty-one is Nice House in the Lake. So that's where that is yeah. right now. So okay. I think that's selling a lot better physically. Um, mm-hmm. Stores, most stores seem to have overordered and still are selling a lot of their copies 
Yeah, I, I talked to my shop owner about that, and he said it was a Tynan book. It was a horror book. He wasn't going to make the mistake he did with something smelling the children, which he underordered. Um, and, you know, has had to reorder and whatnot. So, um, yeah. more, more than okay. My, my store, like, it, basically, if you've got like something that's killing the children, put it on your list automatically. Yeah. They, they tend to do that with a lot of books anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still, I think they said they ordered like three times the amount they normally would for a, you know, Jeez. a horror issue one. And they're still, you know, going through them quicker than they expected. That, that they, they still had stock today, but you know, like, you know, some of the variants are already sold out. They're, they're down mm-hmm. to you know, the, the last cover out of the three that they had to start with. Mm. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, that is the Comicsology Top 10. Uh, we're on a slight time crunch today. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I will not drag this out. We will get into the books. And plus, I like to read Swamp Things. So the quicker we talk yeah, about yeah, Batman, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the quicker I, I get. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's my iPad. I almost thought I left my iPad downstairs. Nope, it's right here. Yeah. So uh, Batman, issue 109, mm-hmm. James Tynion the fourth, and Jorge Jimenez. On the art, uh, this is, uh, of course, following up. This, uh, you know, I I always thought this sounding down because I think it's a solid enough issue. Yeah. I, I do have one kind of pacing complaint, I would say, uh, in the issue, but it's kind of just a a solid middle chapter, and that's with all the positives and negatives that come along with that statement. I think, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say that I'm still enjoying the, the ongoing status quo. I'm enjoying the you know the, the, the inclusion of Oracle in the ongoing plot. Uh, I like the yeah. Batman's going to Simon Saint. I did think. That when we cut to uh, Ghostmaker and Harley, I didn't have a problem with their sort of chemistry, but I did feel that that scene went on for such a long time and pivoted into a whole other plot when that other character showed up. Yeah. It was, but it was also probably my the most interesting part yes. of the issue. For me, being a massive Ivy fan, the fact that Tynan is teasing something huge through through Harley and whatnot, I I, I agree with Pete. That it is a little weird to throw this in here, but it makes me excited nonetheless. I think it's it's yeah. really interesting how we're getting what's happening with Ivy teased across like mm-hmm. three separate books right now. Yep, yep. Yeah, I was getting the impression because the way Ivy's teased in this book, it was sounding more like the cold side of her, the, the one mm-hmm. that's growing under the city as opposed to the, the more human side that Catwoman's just been able to sort of rescue. Right, Definitely. And then when, when you throw in stuff that's happening in Swamp Thing, you know, there's there's so much going on with Ivy on so many different fronts right now that I feel spoiled. Yeah. So, but all of it's know. very cohesive as well. I, you know, I I always say that Superman's like a trinity in of himself, right? Because you got Superman, you got Clark Kent, and you got Kal El. I feel that about uh, Ivy right now because you have the green version of her, you have this cold one that's teased here, and then you have the one like Pete said, and and Catwoman that's the more human Pamela yeah. side. So. Yeah, not not gonna be upset with that. Um, I I will say that Ghostmaker is a lot more tolerable in something like this with Harley, right? Someone who's more his speed than up against Bruce. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it contrasts a little bit too much. But someone that's kind of closer to his vibe, I, I wasn't as annoyed as I am with him. But uh, I think that's kind of the point, right? I think like he he's working a young buck stick stick right now it's it's the bit where he's like out and out like no i'm a psychopath like yeah. clinically diagnosed as a psychopath mm-hmm. yeah and I, I, I thought i'll do something different with it and it, it's not ego because by right. definition he's a psychopath he doesn't have an ego in the same way right 
Well, it's like I could have been a titan of industry, but I decided to clean up the world instead. And just because, almost. Yeah, and again, that's uh, reading Titan Titan's newsletter. You kind of see where he's at on the political spectrum. Yeah, and you kind of see the you know the shots thrown a little bit there. So mm -hmm. yeah, you guys don't have to do the same thing all the time. You can be a psychopath and do other things. You know, not not tear <laughs> apart the world. You know, so yeah, you can lot, do some good. A lot of opportunities for psychopaths in the world. Yes. Uh, be untapped. Yeah, so the book starts with Bruce asking uh, Babs to sort of like look for any info on Simon Said. We find out there's been more Scarecrow stuff. Probably my favorite thing about the issue, it's been kind of one of my favorite things that's ongoing in, in the main Batman book, is the constant checking in on the mood in the city and how the city feels and that they're a tipping point. There's a lot of talk here at the start when yep. she's talking about uh, these two extra Scarecrows that have popped up in other public places. Uh, you know, you, you said it yourself, it's basically the effects of a fear toxin without any actual fear toxin. Everyone's just starting to ramp up. And I like that. We're getting this sense that the city's been more to put into a frenzy. I dig that. Uh, why Babs is randomly eating a taco? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, oh, that's, no, that's not a taco. That's a gyro. That's some shawarma. Oh, there. it's a kebab is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it is. You can see the see the, the um, tomato sticking out, a little bit of lettuce. Huh. I don't know if I was on the last time we've talked about Jimenez drawing Babs, but it's like, as the kids say, it's a whole mood. Like, <laughs> where's my Jimenez Babs book? Like, you just like the the shot of her at the top in the chair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the like the, the leg over the arm, the the leg over the arm, and just the the look on her face. She looks very That's... judgmental, holding yeah. her kebab as she's it's... talking to uh, uh, Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, yes. just just the, the whole her whole vibe here with Jimenez, and it's just it's a... he's he's. My, one of my favorite bat artists. On I the think. subject of Jimenez, I actually there's a detail in the next pages that I quite like. Is Batman mm -hmm. puts on his kill, and I, I kind of like how where the eyes on his face look. It looks like it's mm -hmm. not on right yet. There's a kind right. of like a separation where it's like, oh, it's not quite into place yet with the yeah. the eye shadow or whatever it is he uses. Well, and much like his his headspace, it's off kilter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think so. it, it was because it's 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 very rare you see the cowl, kind of like that, you know, because he's pulling mm -hmm. it away, and mm -hmm. you see kind of underneath and the the stretch of the cowl material yeah. itself, and. You you never see that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's it's either on or if it, or it's off. There's there's no in between usually. Right. So. It's not hanging from him. It's yeah. that it's that yeah. one episode of Power Rangers where you finally saw them in the suits with the helmets off because you never saw yeah. it and it was like whoa they actually had the yeah. actors in suits. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. It, it sticks out because it's unusual, not because it's <clears throat> you know good or bad in its own right. Right. It's just, it's just different. Well. Also, I, I like that, you know, we've all seen the, the image of Christian Bale as Batman with the eye black. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the things that you don't see. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of like that this is him and is also going like, no, nah, Bruce doesn't actually wear eye black. Do you know what? Yes, you know. My, my favorite thing about the trailer for the new movie, which we got like two years ago now, <laughs> is um, the fact that he still has like the black around his eyes when mm -hmm. the cowl's off. Because every other movie's yeah. just magically had it not be there every time mm -hmm. he takes the cowl off. And yeah. it's such a simple little thing, but I appreciate them saying, no, he'd have, like, his eyes, like, his makeup would still be on. Right, he's, yeah, he's theatrical. <laughs> you know, I like that they're leaning into that side of Bruce. Um, so, you know. But, yeah, so, uh, with with the, the Ghostmaker and Harley stuff, I just want to mention the dinosaur. Oh, I laughed at that. I, I knew you were going to pop at this, because this is a Jurassic yeah. Park 3 yeah. reference. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just the fact that he wanted a dinosaur and he got a Spinosaurus because it's better than T-Rex. I just, I was like, I hate you, Ghostmaker, so much. 
Well, no, actually, yes. the, the word he said was bigger, which I think uh, right. ties into the ego thing. Well, well I mean, it's yeah. not an ego, but it kind of is because he's clearly competing with Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and I like Harley too. Is like, oh, so all you guys have a thing place like this now, huh? <laughs> you get your car, your ghost car, your dinosaur. He's like, oh, no, no, no. car's a piece of junk. That's being burnt. Yeah. Yeah, you can't compete with the Batmobile, so it's worthless. It's going to yeah. be melted. And you can just sort of see right. behind Harley's eyes going, I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah. Did he melt it? Uh, wait, <laughs> yeah. And she says, wait, Batman had a freaking dinosaur in his cave? You know, and then of course we get the bat expletives, which I still love. It's yeah. such a nice lettering touch. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, they, they but... do a bit of fencing, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of foreplay-esque. <laughs> yeah. uh, it might be, it may not be. And then we get this character pop up who was teased a little bit ago, the gardener. Uh, who yeah. turns out is someone that... Uh, what Ivy knew when she was younger? Yeah, uh, Pamela. So even oh. before she was Ivy, when she was in school and had yeah. dreams of actually saving the world via botany, um, and then this, this, I guess, this gardener was her first girlfriend, you know, back in college. But the gardener also specializes in plant, you know, mammal hybrids. So it looks like she has these hounds made out of, you know, plants and stuff. So this is They're a nice, cool interesting... I, li- I-, I like them. It's yeah. a very, not obviously not everything, but it's the, the, there's a particular type of enemy that pops up once in a while that this is very Resident mm-hmm. Evil of this the, the idea of building like a plant based entity, yeah, of some kind, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm... so and, and I like that because it also plays into kind of the cycle of life and death uh, comic uh, that happened yeah. right before Rebirth. That that's the type of stuff Ivy was getting involved in was the plant human kind of hybridy thing yeah that so led to I, a lot of what that book was and so the fact that we have a character here that's playing into that and might this i feel like the gardener is definitely the key to putting that trinity of ivy together you know uh, of, of plant human where we're going to get her so uh, but no this is the type of batman world building that i love you know because for the longest time with with the snyder bat book he was world building but it wasn't gotham it was very much bruce wayne you know as everything was stemmed from him whereas here this is all very gotham based i think it's different in that his was still gotham based it was just a very insular gotham right. uh, i don't i don't want to i don't think it's this is snyder's fault i think this was more an editorial no. fault well in that and I, I mean, yeah we make in. it feel cohesive we, we, the board, whereas here now we, editorial right, the ones we, 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 we've said this bef- like, we've said this before new right. 52 across the board everything felt like it wasn't having a supporting cast and that's yeah. just that, that was just one of the, yeah. the offshoots of well, that basically yeah. i just mean like the way that that snyder thought about bruce versus the way that tynan i feel like tynan takes from that and he does his version of it right because he was a student of snyder's so it's built from there and it's similar, but I feel like Tynan's interested in in little details in Gotham, whereas Snyder's kind of like, how does this impact Bruce Wayne's view I, of Gotham? I appreciate as well, though, that it works in in continuity as mm-hmm. character growth for, yeah. for Bruce, rather than just mm-hmm. us seeing different writers' takes on it. Right, right. So it, but like I again, I like the idea of this this gardener's been in in Gotham, but she's actually good at being whatever she does. So, you know, Batman hasn't had to be on her tail or whatever, you know. So she's just been kind of operating underneath everything. Yeah. So, you know, and I like that Harley clearly knows who she is because of her past. And 
that page right there that's that split it's at the top you have joker on one side and purple and then ivy on the other side in the blue i just like that that's such a great encapsulation of of harley and i, I even think it calls back to the animated show right like yeah there's and just so the many coloring on that as influences. well just works really yeah. well with the Mm-hmm. You know, just you know, because uh, the ends of her hair, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the blue and the pink, and you know, they're on the opposite sides. Yeah. It, it just, it just flows really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also, I, I mean, I like the idea. Her, her real name is Bella Garten, which that's such a comic book name. So many. I mean, Garten's very close to guard, and then Bella just makes me think of Bella Lugosi, and she sort of got an almost very suave vampire-esque oh. kind of appearance well there's that but bella also in in you know both spanish and italian means beautiful garden in german is garden your meaning place so her name mm. is actually beautiful garden you know i guess again comic book names are fun yeah. Yeah. I, I will say i i do think this scene now admittedly because the rest of it is sequential when we cut to mm-hmm. see industries i'm not sure you could split it up into two chunks but I did yeah. feel like it could have done with like maybe like have have the new character have the gardener walk in as a sort of cliffhanger of the end of a scene yeah. and then come back to it after would I think would have been better for me. I, that's yeah. fair, and and it's easy to split the final section. Um, mm-hmm. As much as it is played as one section here, you can cut away after they introduce Peacekeeper right. and do a few pages and then yeah. right. come back for the last couple. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. I felt like it just been on a long time and it felt like a really weird pacing uh, thing in the in the book, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to say industries, and this is exciting because we've been building to all this stuff. Like you know, Batman's finally on the trailer scene, and he comes in. Um, the uh, the guard dude with the fancy biotic arm tries to fight yeah. Batman. Of course, it doesn't go well for him because he's Batman. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that kick again. Jimenez's art here, it's just a blur, right? Is that that Batman that absorbs fast. the dude's arm? Yeah, and then just puts the dude out. Yeah, this you know, is just because he knows. This is basically, you know, when they were doing Enter the Dragon, they had to tell Bruce Lee mm-hmm. to slow down his kicks and punches yeah. because they weren't getting captured. Mm-hmm. That fellow. But yeah. it, it definitely makes Batman feel like a physical threat because we know what's coming with Peace Be- Peacekeeper One because of we saw in Future State, right? Yeah. You know, so here this establishes him as this bit. You know, Batman's not immortal, right? Look, I mean, look at him holding up Simon Sane on the next page, and it, you know. He's massive. And we also uh, say it's just like wearing flip flops. Yeah, and we also yeah. that's actually a really nice touch, the flip flops. But mm-hmm. uh, we also have more, better context now for who this peacekeeper one is. Like, you know, we have a bit of a backstory. There's a bit of context for him. Right. Uh, I think that full page spread where Batman's looking over his shoulder. Uh, I think just the symbolism. You know, the idea that something's coming from behind and you're looking over your shoulder is that something's yeah. sneaking up on you. And the idea that even though we've been expecting this magistrate because of Future State and because of all these teases mm-hmm. and these Simon Satan scenes, this is the first time Batman's hearing of the magistrate. Like, the, right. Yeah, and, so. and it's the way here that it's drawn that uh, Batman is is towering over Saint. Uh, even, yeah. even when he's holding him up, you, you know, the size difference mm-hmm. is so clear. And then this full page where it shows Peacekeeper 1, he looks huge, and Batman yeah. is looking up. You can see just from the way his eyes are shaped. Yeah, and then he gets, as a, as the kids would say, uh, yeeted uh, <laughs> up into the ceiling. And then, then, but then there's an explosion outside in the city. This, this is where it feels like there's a lot of stuff going on, this, like beyond just the fight mm-hmm. that Batman's in. It feels bigger than that because then there's an explosion uh, across the city. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Simon Saint's dialogue suggesting that it's City Hall because obviously we wouldn't recognize it from the skyline. <laughs> it's got right. like that distinct. But yeah, and it, it's you know it's that Adrian beat everything's going according to plan. Yeah, 
Because he's like, they could even blow up City Hall, and then boom. It's, it's, that, you know, yeah. it's, it's that classic, you know, end of Act 2. You have to put the hero at the mm-hmm. lowest in the sense that it's not yeah. just that he's getting his ass kicked. It's that while he's down, he's looking across and seeing like, his city. For, you know, it's... Tarnay rises, you know, it's the same thing where not only does he get beat, he he gets put in a thing, then he has to watch on the news people in Gotham being hung and, or hanged and whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, you know, it's not enough to to lose, you have to lose completely. Yeah. You know, the belly of the whale. So he uses some fancy, you know, bat smoke and cuts Mm -hmm. through a hole in the floor to try and get away from Peacekeeper. And it's at this point where it feels almost like a victim running from a Terminator. Uh, mm-hmm. then, it, then it does like a, a superhero versus villain fight and then there's just the final page of like Batman trying to strike and yeah, uh, look, not looking like it's going so well and that's our, our cliffhanger yeah. so um, I do like how, how all the threads are coming together in the Bat books like this is some superior editorial work mm-hmm. right because if you're not reading Detective you just get a little bit of a hint of the stuff uh, that's yeah. happening there's a great yeah the, the reference to oh, we, what we yeah. really don't need is that reporter this- writing a piece yeah. about is, you know, that was a nice touch. But then, and how Mr. Worth is, you know, we, we got to keep him placated because he, he, you know, he's a powerful man in Gotham still that they don't exactly have on their side, you know? So, um, and then again, with all the Ivy stuff with Catwoman, you know, it's just, there, there's a lot of synergy going on here that I enjoy. Um, um, and then the stuff, this is the, the one confusing part of here is, them and Unsanity, where uh, Babs was, was basically talking about that the public seems to think that the Unsanity Collective is actually led by Scarecrow. Yeah, um, and the indication I got is later on the issue when Saints, like, yeah, let's keep purport, yeah. you know pushing that story. It's like it was if it didn't originate from them as a piece of right. like sort of fake but, news, essentially, then at least they're willing right. to keep it going because it works for them and their benefit. And I understand that, but. In this plan, you would think that the group that's causing chaos, but not your chaos, you'd want to get control under, you know? And That's probably plan A, but plan B is, well, if we can't get control of them, let's just use the narrative to our advantage. Yeah, make them a scapegoat, make them public enemy number one so that suspicion is away from from them. Right, I was just, there's a lot of balls in the air, and I, I I lost it on that one going like, well, wait. That's not that's not at all what we saw with the Insanity Collective last time with Bruce. Yeah. And, it, oh, it, it just uh, it's not a big deal. But I, technically, we skipped over the very start of the issue, which is just more of the tease of Batman being held captive by Scarecrow. Ah, uh, yes, more uh, of yeah. the horrible text. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that every single time I open a book because I forget about it. Cause there's like two weeks between issues, oh, no. and then I open the the Batman issue and I go, "God damn it! I got to put up with this for like two pages," and it's just ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. It annoys me every single time I open an issue right now. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. So it's a good issue. I, you know, I, I started yeah. off by saying it's maybe one of the weaker ones of the arc, and I, I would stand by that for a couple of reasons. But it doesn't mean I'm not excited about everything it's doing, uh, and all the plot threads. I mean, well, I do think it spends one continuous scene too long on the Harleen uh, Ghostmaker stuff. I do like that we can spend half, if not more than half, of a Batman issue not necessarily focusing on Batman himself. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, I know some people, you know, Twitter's a place where you, you maybe get complaints when it's called Batman. It should be, at least 70% of it should be Batman, blah, blah, blah. Uh, hey. <laughs> you'll, I want to promise you'll never hear me saying that. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> not even if there's a fire. Uh. 
<laughs> oh dear. Uh, I will confess though, I didn't bother reading the backup this time. Uh, okay. And Batman. Did you read it, Connor? I, I haven't okay. read the last light one either. Yeah. Just, just real quick, it's another one of the origin issues, like origin stories of one of the the villains that's Shock. assembled on Devil's Skull Island. Um, and basically, this guy was experimented on. It seems like he's from. Uh, let's see. I don't want to assume. Where? Well, I don't think they say. I can't look. But basically, he has like telekinetic powers, and he was experimented on. So uh, he decided to take matters into his own hands to save like other kids that were being experimented on. But that was used by whatever, wherever he's from, the, the government. New Delhi. Uh, yeah, okay, so he's from India. Um, from the government basically using Ghostmaker as a lore uh, to trap this guy. So it almost as if he kind of started as an anti-hero, but went a little bit too far. And it's kind of to show the spectrum where Ghostmaker is, right? Because he's not exactly a, a anti-hero that way either, you know? Um, so it's just basically their, their kind of rivalry in that, Ghostmaker is responsible for him being trapped and, you know, not being able to save the the, the people like he wanted to because Ghostmaker accuses him of just selling out and becoming a mercenary. Um, and then just basically Ghostmaker freed himself with the laser tiger skulls, you know, um, and it's coming up on on the main villain, uh, Madame Midas. Uh, so, I mean, it was OK. It's, you know. Yeah, it's more Ghostmaker. I'm not a big fan of his, so... Yeah, I, I wasn't planning on not reading it necessarily. I just, like, got yeah. to the start of it, and it was like, I've got, like, eight books to read <laughs> after this one, so I just kind of went, nah. Yeah, <laughs> and... I, I got you. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I kind of fell off them because they felt a little bit... One, you know, not big on Ghostmaker. Two, they felt a bit inconsequential. Three, just didn't really love the art. So kind of a combination of things, so just like... Yeah, it's it's what... I, the art doesn't mind... This is what I wish Riley Rosmo art was like. It is like yeah. a better Riley Rosmo, but it's still it's, my taste. No, it's very manga influenced, but and very frenetic, and I and it's perfect for Ghostmaker, so it doesn't bother me. I wouldn't like to see the style of art in like Superman. You know what I mean? It needs to like characters that are very frenetic and kind of moving all over the place. I wouldn't mind actually seeing it on Flash because it's not as over the top and cartoony as Rosmo's mm. stuff. You know, mm. but yeah, I, it's fine. It's nothing. Great. Sure. All right, let's rate the book then. Uh, you can rate the two stories separately if you want, Matt, as well. Uh, okay. What are you giving it? Uh, so I'm going to give uh, the, the main Batman story an 8, and I'm going to give the Ghostmaker a uh, 6.5. Got it. Yeah, I'm just going to give it a 7. It, it's good. I'll go... I'll split the difference. I'll say 7.5, mainly just for the pacing uh, being a bit wonky. I, I, you know, I just kind of felt I was like, we were still on this scene. Like, why, why haven't we cut back to like? Because there's two plot threads effectively, so there was a bold choice to like cut to the second one and do all of it, and then finally go back to the the other plot thread. That was just a bit weird. Uh, but yeah, there you go. That's Batman. So Justice League issue sixty two, Brian Michael Bendis writing with David Marquez on the art, uh, and obviously the backup as well. Um, I'm going to dip out of this because this is Connor's last issue of this because it's going double shipping so David's going to make him read something else starting next month uh, I, I, I did offer to just read issue like 64 and just like I'll, I'll skip issue 63 and just, just I'll jump in 64 and see how it goes but mm-hmm. for him he can get a hold of the book though he can, get, he can, he can hear about a whole other book that is not on the schedule 
Anyway, I'm dipping out. I'm going to be okay. chomping. Uh, you, so, you two have would, fun. This was, this was like a sexy 6.5 maybe for me. There you go. I'm good. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Uh, I just want to compliment the art that Marquez is fantastic. Um, I don't think I've had a bad thing to say about the art on this book at all, aside from my dislike of Shazam looking a bit young. That's it. See, uh, uh, yeah. That's still true to the, to, you know, to this issue. Yeah. Um, just the, uh, and the art and the, the uh, I'm going to call it the world that was where Naomi's from, right? It is, you know, you use the idea that it's so bleak, which goes against what I've seen from Marquez, right? Marquez always draws these nice, beautiful images, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just, just look at where, when Hippolyta shows up at the Hall of Justice. That's what I think of when I think of Marquez. So to see this other world that's drab and just like a wasteland. Especially all the Aquaman how, stuff. Yeah, and how Marquez's art, how he adapted to it. It actually reminded me of Lark's art in Lazarus, which might be the biggest compliment I think I can give on a you know dystopian. You know, I'm just looking at it again. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see what you're talking about there. Right? Like everything was kind of dingy and lived in, but you know, there's a social structure. So you know, not the whole world looks like this, just where the average people it, are. It living. feels like it's a bit harsher on the inks and they're not quite as neat because mm-hmm. he tends to have right. very clean inks. Uh, yes. uh, if he inks himself, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah. I'm not checking the credits. Let's, let's check. It was just there. Uh, end of the book. No, just an artist. It's a uh, uh, placentia on the colors. So he does ink himself. So yeah. It it seems like a conscious choice he's made then yeah. to kind mm-hmm. of separate that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so for the, the meat of the issue, which uh, is, you know, Hippolyta shows up at the Hall of Justice, Flash is there, and uh, Hippolyta is talking about how this world is, is so different, you know, um, and not at all what she was expecting, you know, and that. She says, it all seems like lunacy to me, and yet I've sworn myself to protect it. So just one of these things where I, I feel like through that dialogue is just showing how she didn't understand Diana's mission, you know, and now that she said this is why Diana's been, you know, gone for so long and whatnot from from her mother's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as they're talking about all of this stuff, um, she asks about the, the Justice League, and she starts, you know, Flash starts telling everybody, um, telling her about everybody, he realizes he did the math wrong, which might be the most relatable thing to to Barry that I've ever felt. Um, besides being late all the time, um, sure, right? Just because I, I hate math, but him basically talking about how he, he used the multiversal map math, and you know this is not that. This is a completely different frequency, um, which I do like that. That's Ben just filling in where exactly Naomi's from. It reminds me that. I don't think I realized this was an alternate Earth until this mm-hmm. issue. I just thought it, she was from you, another planet. No, because you didn't read Naomi. No, um, and I don't think yeah. I don't think this book made that clear at all. No, I, it's it's definitely relying on the fact that you're familiar with Naomi, which that I think yeah. is a big problem because it feels like this, it's it's and it feels this, like this completely alien world for the most part. Yes, and then they're like, "This is Ohio." I'm like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, yeah. And hence is my problem. I don't know if Pete's listening. This is hence my problem with all the yeah, Naomi threads always happening. Yeah. With all the Naomi threads happening in, in other books. You know what I mean? Whereas it feels like you have to have been following along the whole time to get the full story. Um, versus the type of continuity stuff I like, like we talked about with Batman in the last review, 
Whereas like, you don't need to know what's going on in detective to get that reference. Whereas here, you're a prime example. You didn't realize I was completely like from an alternate. We've sp we've been we spent a full issue on this planet yeah. last issue, and mm -hmm. we obviously teased it at the end of the one before that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until probably halfway through this issue that I was like, oh, oh this is Earth. This is an yeah. Earth, not just a planet. Right. Because I, I had no idea, and I, that's a pretty big failing for it to not have got that across. May, may, maybe I'm being stupid. Maybe I am. No, but I mean, if you don't know because you're not familiar with Naomi, as you wouldn't be because you don't read the other Bendis books, it's not like you're reading action when she pops up and you could have been informed in there. Um, but yeah, this is also, I want to give Bendis credit, this is the most that his flashes sounded like Barry. And I don't know if it's just the multiversal stuff. I just don't know if it's the more sciencey and less wisecracky. I think it's it. noticeable that it's only like that when he's on his own, as or, right. or with Apollo in that case. Right. But as soon as he's with the rest of the group, mm -hmm. it just he blends, blends yeah. in with everyone else again. Yeah. So um, we we get over to Aquaman, who we hadn't seen yet in the last issue, but looks like he had crashed with his family, um, and. You know, uh, the mom wants him out before, you know, because this is some alien dude that just crash landed outside your house, you know. Um, but they're talking about Zumbato, who we were familiar with in the, the Naomi book and the whole no zone um, and how he doesn't know about it. Um, which you know, I did like this scene just because it shows, you know, Aquaman taking charge. You know, like he realizes he's in dire, you know, these people are scared and whatnot. And he's he's got to do what he has to do to to get out of it. Mm. Um, but he tries to hear the oceans uh, and, you know, he can't. And they go, we're not near the oceans. This is Ohio. Um, so, yeah. So there's Connor's first clue that Naomi's from an alternate. That, that was literally, oh, and, uh, oh, this is an Because up to this point, I'm like, OK, sure, there's humans around. But that doesn't really mean anything in... Right. In, in these books. Right. Uh, and, you know, the fact that we've got clear and obvious aliens also on this planet, like mm -hmm. uh, Brutus, is that his name? The villain? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Which, so they're referring to these people as, as, as meta power, mega powers, or, or what do they call them? I think it was mega power that Batman called yeah. the last issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if these powers have a corrupting influence because when you get to see Zimbardo at the end he's definitely not human or as human as we've seen him in Naomi you know where he was kind of a dark figure like he was here but definitely more human this is definitely a character that JRJR drew at some point right I don't think so that is shocking um, to me with this design Zimbardo, Zimbardo only showed up in Naomi and that was uh, shoot that's Campbell right yeah, uh, Jamal Campbell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm shot with this design here. It looks mm -hmm. like oh yeah, that looks like JRGR mm -hmm. definitely had a crack at that at some yeah. point. Um, and, and here's my other criticism here, and this this comes to Bendis. As much as I love seeing, you know, uh, Marquez draw double page spreads, I do feel it's a bit of a cheat that we get one, five, two, six, three, six in a row. four, five, six on a story that has a backup in it and it just feels like i get it this is a these are big moments but if everything's a big moment nothing feels like a big moment right like the only thing i really like about those pages is marquez 
making the choice to do the circle panels instead of all the squares. Yeah. That makes them feel a bit distinct. Yes. Um, uh, like pieces of the action and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so we get Brutus, you know, beating up Superman and Black Adam, and we find out that because whatever frequency they're on on this planet, it's it's shorting out our our powerhouses, but it's charging other people up like Canary. So yeah. it's there. There's this weird split, and uh, I like that that Ollie hits <laughs> hits Brutus with arrows, and uh, he pulls it out and goes, "Okay, now I'm annoyed." Like that's just a a fun villain moment, you know. Uh, but then Canary blasts him with her her scream, um, and it's basically taking the entire Justice League to take this dude down on his home turf. Um, but that's where we find out that Superman has said that you know this the the planet's disrupting there. They need more help. So this is where we get uh, Aquaman, which I this is another narrative thread that there was an attack right that as he was trying to get out of the building. Uh, uh, with this family? Yeah, there was an explosion. Right. Yet, the next time we see him, he's showing up in a tank. Those don't... No, you're right, because the last thing that you see is like, there, there, Zimbardo's here, or Brutus, yeah. and then the next right. thing you see is him showing up in a tank. Right. So it's just, it's not as coherent, but he, he blasts Brutus with this tank that apparently belongs to the family that had helped him. Um, Brutus starts to absorb it, and we still don't know exactly what Brutus's powers are, you know, it's not very clear. No, no question. No, but he he grabs Naomi, uh, throws Naomi up to the, the the stratosphere, and then she sees just just how bad the world is. You know, which is I think this would have been a great time for the double page spread. Right? Uh, if we weren't uh, spoiled before, this reveal would have been perfect. That's the problem. This is six of six. Yeah, it is this double page spread in a row? Yeah. I was kind of checked out by it because it was all just action. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, action, action, action. I was, right. I was at a point where I was barely even paying attention to the pages because they were all, yeah. just, yes, it's a big action moment. Mm -hmm. And then it's this one and it had no impact. It's like, yes, it's just another one. I was like, oh, oh wait, no, this one's not action. Oh. Yeah, no, this this had impact for me just with the, because you turn the page, it goes from action to this desolate, again, I, I've said it a bunch, wasteland, you know, um, yeah. and, and Adam goes up to get her she has the realization this is where she's born. And it, this was almost like if, if Superman could have visited Krypton, right? Let's say Krypton didn't blow up and was just a, a world, you know, a dead world. Yeah. You know, her her reaction here, like, this is where I was from. You know, I, I it's a good moment. So, again, it, it feels shitty for me to say, like, I feel like Naomi's being wasted throughout the stuff. But at least we're still getting good character moments for her like this, you know? Like she's she has the full realization of of what has happened. Why exactly her parents sent her away? It, right. it kind of just comes back to a, I guess this is an Naomi book, really, not a Justice League book. For for now, for we'll, now. we'll see. Yeah. yeah, um, and then they come back down, and Hippolyta showed up, and she's just she's wasted Brutus, you know, looking completely badass with her her spear. Um, does anyone else challenge us? Step forward, so I might have your head. That's just great. Uh, Amazonian dialogue here. Um, and this, this is where we get Flash, um, you know, showing up, basically saying that we got to go, and then Zumbato, um, who, who decides who comes and goes, uh, which gels with what we had seen in Naomi. He kind of has, like, portal powers, but uh, he, he's definitely a lot more monstrous than I remember him being. 
he was just kind of like a dude in a robe last time I saw him. So whatever has happened. Uh, and then Naomi looking scared. Uh, but no, I will say that Marquez's art is the highlight, despite the, the six in a row double pages. They flow well. Oh, yeah. yeah I, 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 noticed... I was just kind of bored of them by the end. Yeah, yeah. I noticed the double pages being very repetitive. I'll say that. Yeah. So did, did you feel like her, the, the reveal of Naomi's homeworld at the end kind of kind of lost its impact because it was the sixth of the double page thread versus if that was, you know, one of the first ones or maybe the only one that have had more impact? Kind of. I mean, it's a weird thing because we can't, we know it's her homeworld anyway. The, the point of the moment is more the emotional impact of her realizing this is yeah. my homeland, you know, as she's right. looking down at yeah, it. Right. But, uh, yeah, I so, just feel that would have driven home more if that you got to, and it was this big double page spread of just the desolation, I think, you know, and, and why, you know. Well, it makes sense for Zimbardo to also show up. It kind yeah. of is awkward in the sense that, oh, now we have two of the big generic dudes that yeah. are the villains, you know, relate to this world I, at the same I, time. As well, they, their dialogue sounds damn near identical. Yeah. Uh, when he just goes, oh, hey, Naomi. It's a very like, similar di yeah, dialect, yeah. 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 So, Connor, what you rating the main Justice League story? Pete already said it's 6.5, so... Um, 4.5. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, I'm getting into the 6.5, too, but that's mostly on Marquez's art. Uh, yeah. Um, story, story's, not, story's not doing much for me. The, the you know, story... I do like seeing his Ollie, so... Yeah, I'll just sum know, up my I, main I... thought on it, since I'm dipped, dipped back in here at the end. Is... I, I kind of feel like the, the pacing of this arc and them all coming to this world, I was fine with it at first, but this one made it feel kind of weird in that now more characters have shown up, now another villain's shown up, um, and it feels like it just keeps piling on things as opposed to actually advancing story necessarily in any way that changes yeah. anything. Yeah, no, I get it. And then that moment with Naomi when she sees her homeworld, I, I told Connor, it feels like if Superman could have visited Krypton, right mm. like it does have an emotional resonance but for me it's because i i'm familiar with the naomi story you know where's connor a... not so much i will say i did like the page where canary canary cried uh, the bad yeah. guy into the sun yeah that was kind of funny the double page spreads look great don't get me wrong it's just there's a lot of them and it just feels almost like a cheat you know that that's all i think it's because um, they're all basically splashes as well it's not like the leo serious mm -hmm. layouts it's splashes with, right. a, with a handful of inserts here or there right right all right but yeah so um justice league dark right i'll let connor take the lead on this one real quick since i, I did justice league oh yeah so merlin's off doing his thing we'll kind of get to that at the end because that, mm -hmm. that book ends it uh with a, a couple of pages but mm -hmm. he, he's doing his evil plan basically or yep. possibly plan. evil plan yeah yes we, Evilness yet to be determined. Yes. Uh, but we pick up where we left off. We're in the library, mm -hmm. and uh, they're searching for the, the book, but they don't really know how to find it because there's every nope. book that could ever have been written or will ever be written is uh -huh. as a copy in this library. And that's essentially their plan at the end is, right, let's write a bunch of books so it's forced to create a copy and the librarian will have to come in and catalog them all because there's so many, and then we I, but... question him. I love that it's Bobo's cheat that figures it out, right? That we're just going to add a random word on a random page and it's yeah. going to create a whole new copy without actually changing anything. Yeah. Because you and don't want to change like, How dare you write in a library book? 
Yeah. Um, I love the Constantine and Jason Blood uh, interaction. Yeah. Just for the fact that, as far as we know, these are completely opposite ends of the the spectrum of, of basically human beings, right? Jason Blood's bound to a demon, but he's this righteous dude. Uh, whereas Constantine was, is, you know, catch and catch can. And we kind of get the vibe here that, you know, Constantine's talking, you know, like... He's becoming a bit of a better person. It's like, hey, I care about these people. And in, in that there's something about Jason Blood that's off. He's because struck he... some sort of deal with a heavenly entity to get right? back here. And it's like, oh, that's a bit shady. Uh-huh. And he says, you know, what's he tell him? That just because it was a heavenly, you know, doesn't mean... And in my experience, those above are as awful as those below. So he's like, you just made one bargain for another, but he's got what looks like Zoriel's sword, right? Came from an angel. Yeah, and we know uh, we're going to be playing with stuff with Zoriel at some point. Yeah, so um, he, he had swapped the deal, and, you know, he's he's there to help. Um, and then that's where we yeah. get the stuff but, with, with Bobo and Ragman, whose suit is just absorbing these souls. Uh, that, are, yeah. that are fighting them. But, so, but we, uh, we have a, a Ragman moment before that, yeah. which is possibly the most interesting moment of the book, where mm -hmm. it gets super meta. So, as we've established, they're in this library. In this mm -hmm. library is every book ever. So they're picking up random things, just trying to kind of get a, an idea of what the cataloging system's like and trying mm -hmm. to find things. And Ragman picks up a book that is Justice League Dark 2021, Author's Notes by Ram V and opens it up and it's, uh -huh. you know, at some point one of our characters will learn Zatanna's secret that the upside down man's power and influence lingers within her, growing each time she uses her powers and pushes herself beyond her limits. It's like, the... oh, so that's what's going on with her. But, uh, but yeah. then just the way of, like, handling what is fundamentally quite awkward exposition but putting it in this really meta context Yeah, it it's very Morrison. It's from when, when Pete's been talking about Animal Man for the Patreon stuff. Mm -hmm. This felt this whole entire thing sounded like stuff from Doom Patrol that I watched right uh, up up through the the half of the first season and the the Animal Man stuff from Morrison that super especially meta. the kind of back third of the Animal Man stuff yeah so uh, and then here we get that with Zatanna basically pushing her powers to copy all of the books you know through her backwards magic you know and and. You know, they start get, getting rained upon by them all, you know, uh, where this is where the librarian comes out. And he is um, everything you would expect a character knows the librarian to be. Yes. As I say, he's, he's very much in the vein of, of kind of a younger Lucian from Sandman. Uh, is kind of what I said last okay. time. Uh, even design wise, he's very similar. It's got a mm -hmm. lot of similar attitudes. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that this is like an alternate version of him at some point. Okay. Uh, but they never give him a name here, just the librarian. Right. So I thought that was enough that they could... And I do like that he looks like he's two-dimensional made of book pages. Yeah, you know? yeah that's kind of cool. That's that's a cool where his motion is leaving like pages behind, you know, so you could see as he was, you know, flailing his hands about. It's like when he turns you know, his and head and there's like a, a, the pages fluttering behind the head. Yeah, you, you can hear it. You know, the art yeah. is that good. Zermonico is so, so good. Um, but so they, they end up, 
you know, talking to the, the, hey, if you tell us the book that Merlin, we'll, we'll stop doing this, which is the ultimate Constantine. Just give me what I want and I'll stop doing what I'm doing. Pretty much. Um, Tends to work for him as well, let's be honest. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, he says that, you know, sure, it's a library and he borrowed it, but we all know Merlin's not bringing it back. Um, so he, yeah. he took something called the Eternity Book and looked yeah. up with great interest from the works of cartographer Anaximander, which basically gives them a, a map to old, old Atlantis. Like, we're talking ancient Atlantis, not not Arthur's yeah. Atlantis, but the Atlantis that was... like Atlantis to Arthur in the, in the same way that Camelot is to England. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. it, it's like this this mythical kind of it's it's Plato's real... Atlantis. like Starbucks to America, yeah. Mm, no, because Starbucks are very much real, you know. This is this is a it was, a, a, it was a silly joke. It was a silly joke, Matt. Just, just yeah, on. but I, I want the logic there, Pete. You know, <laughs> he wasn't why you chose Starbucks. Yeah, because it's us that the most fab, the most common branded yeah, thing at every corner. But yeah. At the... But the fact here that this came from the the library and that, you know, Plato's Atlantis was meant to be a warning to society of don't get too big. You know, nature is still out there, you know, and uh, this is the what do they call it? Atlantis, the first bastion for magic on Earth. Yeah. And and that's why Merlin has gone there. Um, And again, he looks evil looking over the end with the the red Mm -hmm. eyes. But. Do wonder if maybe he's not. I do. I do well, wonder if, like, what the plan is. If Future State can be believed, we know he creates a magical, well, I'll say fascist state. You know, from based off of that. So, but, yeah. but who knows? Um. So, but yeah, at the beginning, I, I just love the beginning that he pays a guy to take him out to the middle of the ocean, and then pays him in you know, gold doubloons basically, um, and then jumps off into the ocean and walks away. Yeah. It's such a great image. So... Speaking of the future state issues, yes, was it Etrigan or Jason Blood that made the deal that, that would like remember to go back into like you know when they created the alternate timeline? Uh, it, it had to have been uh, uh, Etrigan because Jason Blood was serving Merlin by himself. That's a good point because I'm like cause I was I'm wondering if that would maybe sort of explain Jason's deal, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, or but. Yeah. It, it might still be something to do with that. Well, so I'm looking back, and we'll talk about when we get the Swamp Thing, that I see, I'm seeing a thread. You know how Tynan has had a thread through his work at DC? I'm seeing the same kind of thread through Ram V's work. And then if you track it through his Justice League Dark with Swamp Thing, there's a lot of stuff that you can tell that he was interested in and that he's getting to work out through, through uh, there. It's really interesting how the first Ram V issue Mm-hmm. For just like that was the annual with something, mm-hmm. which yeah. correct me wrong, very heavily featured Thoronic Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, so, and now obviously we're dealing with Woodrow pretty heavily in in Swamp Thing. Right, and so now here I'm feeling the same with his story on on that, that he came into on Justice League Dark when he took over from Tynan, and you know where we got the you know the elemental story elements. Right, that they track down in the caves in Africa. Yeah, that the thesis of storytelling itself. Right, and here it seems like he's doing that with magic. And like, if if this is what we're getting with Merlin, you know, and the whole Lords of Order stuff that Tynan had done, that just because they're Lords of Order doesn't necessarily mean they they have good intentions. 
it's almost the same with Merlin. Just because he's light magic, you know, he's up to something. Yeah. You know, that I just I just feel there's there's threads from not even his Justice League Dark, but you know, just like I, the whole I actually the magic and all this other stuff. Really appreciate how much he's carrying through this this upside down yeah. mind mm-hmm. potential going forward with Zatanna because he did such a neat job of wrapping up that up. And it's like it felt like okay, Tynan's era has now ended, even though Ramsey mm-hmm. was right in the back, like third of that. It felt like okay, now is a fresh start for for Ramsey to kind of tell his story going forward. So I appreciate the fact that while he's obviously taking that opportunity and is doing a lot of new yeah. stuff, it's not like ignoring that stuff either. No, and that's I mean to me that's that's what comics like this should be. Like I feel like we really we really got used to Johns coming in and cleaning the slate. And then just telling new stuff while playing with continuity. We got a lot of writers who did that, didn't they? Where they like, they, they want to come in, play yeah. with the toys, and then just leave it. And the, the next writer wants to play with the toys how right. they imagine them to be, not how they, they were actually they, left. They create their own sandbox instead of playing in the DC stand, sandbox. And so now I, I, I feel Philip Kennedy Johnson's doing this over in Superman. Ram V's doing this currently on his books. Uh, that And I feel, to me, it creates a a better sense of the DC universe. And that's why, you know, we had talked about new 52 and how everything felt compartmentalized. And even through rebirth, things are kind of compartmentalized. Now it's feeling like it's this interconnected world again, and it is the DC comics universe. So, uh, and I'll never not love that. That's why I read comics. Yeah. So, but, uh, so for justice league dark, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Even I just wish, I wish we could alternate them. And that like Justice League Dark gets a big page count, and then we can have you know Bendis. I mean, it'll tell exactly the same amount of story in Bendis's ten pages anyway, so might as well. True, true. <laughs> um, but I, I want more. But so I'm, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Justice League Dark an eight point five. Yeah, I'm gonna go with eight point five as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. That was a nice one to go on, Connor. Before you can't read this anymore. Yeah, uh... yeah. <laughs> it's not that he can't; it's that he won't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about. Paying for an issue of Justice League for ten pages. Is it the principle of ten pages, or is it more the principle that you're it's effectively contributing to this the idea that Bendis on a big book is a success? So you're then contributing to more Bendis no, books. It's, it's the fact that it's ten pages. If if this was not Bendis, but also just something I didn't want to read, but mm-hmm. not something I you know I really have a strong feeling like yeah, you know, a book I'm not enjoying, but there's ten pages at the end so- that I really like. So what if they split it evenly? Would you pay the five? Well, it's five for us. Would you pay the however amount for the half of Justice League Dark? Because I, I would. I don't I'm already buying it, so. I, I would say probably uh, not. I'd say I'd, I'd say. That's an interesting five, question. Five for twenty pages is a lot. That's but that's I'm an interesting in. question though, because I don't think you would question it the other way around. You'd pay five dollars for a book where you like the main story and don't care about the backup, because we all do it. Yeah, we do it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's funny to say but, that just shifting it five pages, there's, yeah. there's a slider in the I middle. It's, 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 there's there's a chance there's with some of those ones with the backups. There's always a chance that oh maybe I'll like the backup when it rotates round. Yeah, next else. time. <laughs> Whereas. If it was like this in this scenario where okay, it's Bendis Justice League and it's going to be Bendis Justice League for the foreseeable future, I'm always going to hate that. That feels like I'm actively throwing away money there, whereas it's less of a, a gamble like it is with some of the other ones. I'll think it'll be the stupidest thing you've thrown away money on if you do. It definitely wouldn't be. I've, <laughs> I've, I've thrown away money on far stupider. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a proud owner of the Fast and the Furious movie box set. <laughs> yeah, uh, so? <laughs> <laughs> that was given to me. I did not buy it. Thank you. Well, it, it, it's not like I have three pairs of wireless earphones that are pretty sold, and I'm definitely not looking at another pair that are like 150 quid to buy next week. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, shut up. I bought an Apple TV this uh, past week. Yeah, you can't talk. And it's been a solid upgrade because the 4K streaming on that thing is much, much better than everything else. So uh, I don't know. I regret nothing. Uh, But anyway, yes. Uh, Green Lantern issue three, Jeffrey Jeffrey Thorne writing with Tom Rainey and Marco Santucci on the art. And what's interesting about this issue is that the first two issues were no backups. It was just longer page count with the story. But because there's been a natural split in the character groupings at the end of issue two, this one actually took the format of having a main story and a backup. But it both are continuing threads from the previous two issues. It's just there's a neat split now for the artist, effectively. And one I enjoyed thoroughly, and one not so much. I think it's fair to say that the I assume you mean the back half is the better the, the two. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested yeah, when you yeah. say back half. Is it? Actually, an even page count. It's not it even though. It's, it's it's more weight weight towards the first one. It's um, it, it's the thing that I was way more invested in at the end of issue two. For sure, yeah. So when when we didn't get to that, we opened on some weird disorienting scene with John. I was like, okay, wait, what 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 happened with the power I, battery? It blew up. I I didn't um, read this because yeah, uh, I I was saying to Matt like. I, I do plan, but you know, I've been working since long hours and I've been behind. I haven't had a chance to read issue two yet. And then I was like, yeah, the, fir- the, the first bit of this book is, is not good. <laughs> I was like, well, that's moving it lower on the priority list. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if I'd go as far as say not good. I would just say it's... It's know, fine. It's fine, yeah. Like the, yeah. the, the back chunk of it, though, uh, where it gets comes back to Oa and it's Joe and it's Kelly... And and Baz oh, with his bionic arm. Yeah. <laughs> How long's he had a bionic um, arm? Well, because he just yeah, got, he, well, he got heavily because he, he looked dead last the end of last issue. So yeah. we see him in this issue. He's got a big bionic arm, and it it looks like he's got the thing where like a gun comes out of like Robocop does with his leg, because he yeah. kind of just I don't know. You don't see the transition, like, but like more like like the gun pops out the side and not like yeah. Yeah. cyborg where like the end. No, we're, it, yeah. We're, no, yeah. No. Okay. Although it so, does say that it does say yeah. that it's healing his arm though, so I suspect that eventually we'll get rid of it. But at least for now, he's got this cool bionic arm. What if arm. he doesn't want to? What if he's like, I like having this, you yeah. know? Well, like, you know? obviously the parts in the first half that I liked. Uh, yeah. it, obviously we're setting up the idea that that Joy ends up stranded on this planet, uh, with these aliens. That he's in the dark sector, right? Because the the ship that we're on yep. crossed through before the power battery seemingly blowed up. Because John's in space, we see this early on, because basically it's a little bit disorienting at first because whoever this character is on this planet, who we find out later, is not telepathic, but can connect, like, her, uh, she's got, like, a connection, like, biological connection thing. It's Avatar! It's kind of Avatar-esque, yeah. Yeah, she's fucking her She basically links into the back of his head like like, like she's hooking him into the Matrix, and she can sort of look at his memories. And he's reliving some of these things. At first, it's like a weird, like, made-up thing where he's in high school with the other Green Lanterns, and that was vaguely amusing. Uh, I didn't find it amusing. I, I thought it was vaguely amusing. It like, did not fit the tone from the book that we have been reading. Ke- Ke- Kilowog 
like Colin Nelson's posers whilst wearing a Letterman jacket. Oh, yeah. I thought it was kind of funny, but yeah. Um, but, you know, he wakes up, but we, we get to see some of the context where he was literally flying in space when the when his ring explodes, presumably at the same time as the power battery. Yeah. So they had a ship made out of Green Lantern energy. Yes. Right? Power battery blows up. Ship. No longer a ship. That, that was... Um, well, that's why my things, because obviously that teases it in that first story. When you get to the backup... And, like, Joe puts up this, like, call to any Green Lanterns that may be able to hear it, is like, yeah, every Green Lantern across the universe has just become stranded without their power. Mm-hmm. And well, and this, this big... the future state stuff, right, that we saw with, with Guy. And we were wondering, how did Guy get stranded? You know, uh, this now this answers that. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the, the big thing, though, is that there's a relief effort where the United Planets are sending out rescue squads and rescue ships to try and find Green Lanterns based on their last known locations because they are going to be vulnerable. And I, I thought this was really interesting. Like, yeah, this would be cataclysmic. Like, all these green, thousands of Green Lanterns would just be stranded, potentially in mm-hmm. dangerous, hostile space, uh, if they're even on an atmosphere where they can breathe, uh, which is also, you know, a chance they're not. Yeah. Uh, so I thought all that was super interesting stuff. Uh, and much like I was saying with issue two, I mean, you were here, Matt, but I assume you had the same thought was that both mm-hmm. Joe and Kelly potentially both have still working power because Joe's ring was very separate and was ch- charged up right. by like the sun or whatever it was at the time. And right. Kelly's is a weird own thing with a gauntlet and again, very right. different. So right. it, it's sort of like, and even in this backup, you get the sense that obviously Joe looks at this, this Kelly's a kid. I can't really have her be on my team, but She's also the only person with a working power ring of some kind, other than me. She's kind of mm-hmm. like extremely valuable right now. And ba- Baz obviously joins up. He offers to help. He's got his his cool bionic arm. He's got some like he's got like Super Mario esque uh, jet boots from the movie <laughs> that he's using yeah. to like sort of get around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Wait, so that's John. That's got that. John's got that in the planet because John John Stewart makes yeah. himself a fancy new uh, Green Lantern jacket that he wears. So he's, oh, that's right. Because he's still sort of like acting as if he's the authority. Because he's there for a long time. So, so there's a time transition. Where... Well, yeah, but they. She also tells him that time doesn't move in the dark sector like it does. For sure. You yeah. But so for, so, so for him, it's a yeah. long time. I mean, it may not be a long time to everyone it's else. It's 145 yeah. days that he's been with them uh, from the time that you know they meet. And yeah, he makes a. That's a, a very. Um, I'm sure it's not the exact right. same thing, but this feels like a perfect opportunity for your interstellar joke, Matt. Ah, that's right, because time is different because of gravity, <laughs> as the movie Interstellar taught us. <laughs> Man, I haven't made that joke in a while. I haven't had an opportunity. Good call, though, Pete. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, um, just the, the page where, where it, it jumps to Oa and Joe's there, and it cuts to all the lanterns that are marooned. Mm-hmm. And and it looks like isomots out in space. Uh, oh man, it's it's rough. Uh, and then it looks like Princess Eolands in some you know weird forest fighting what look like um, P. What are what are they right after the chest burster? What what form of alien is that? I mean the little critter that's like yeah. Around. I don't know if it's is specific. that the chest burster? That's a chest that burster. Yeah, that's a chest yeah, burster. That's yeah, yeah, that's the one. Well, uh, what's what's the, the face hugger? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I was confusing. Yeah, they look like chestbursters that she's fighting, and it looks like uh, Kyle's all laid up too, somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it's just it feels you get the vibe that it's very dire, and that's before we get back to Oa. 
Uh, yeah, so I think I, the John Stewart stuff has got this interesting challenge of building up a new cast of supporting characters of just building its own. And I do like it in principle that okay, we're going to like take John Stewart as the example of what one lantern's going through who's been stranded, and then we're mm-hmm. going to do the sort of the way that we're trying to fix the core and get everyone to safety and you know figure out what what happened. You know, because Joe does mm-hmm. not believe it was a coincidence that right after they joined the United Planets that the power battery blows up. There's something afoot. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging what it's doing in that sense. And I definitely, I would say I like the art. The Santucci art in the backup mm-hmm. is better than the main art. I didn't hate the main art, but it's definitely yeah. got some bulky it's, 90s-esque qualities to it. It does, and the way that it's colored, too, feels like that. It feels like Age mm. of Apocalypse to me. Yeah, so it's so that like, era, yeah. Uh, John, yeah. John Stewart's head is often looking a bit bulky and big for his body, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah. it's, it's not completely unappealing though like it's, it's not like off-putting yeah. I, I, do, I, I do like his fancy new jacket I like his I, yeah. I would describe it as a fairly Star Trek Next Generation Green Lantern style like outfit it, is, is it on it par reminds... with Picard's jacket? I mean not, not very much is on Picard on level with Picard's jacket let's be honest no it, it, it reminds me of the, the folded like uh, who wears one like this? oh you make some in comic Carter, do you know the more kind of formal attire they wear when they've got a special visitor? Like the the like, kind of like the Mass Effect. Yeah, 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 like Netflix. that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got that kind of like sort of semen layout. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Those those are nice designs. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, definitely, I was I was a bigger fan of the the back half, and just seeing what they're going through, you know. Um, yeah, because basically. Forced into leadership, basically. Yeah, just just to know? sum up the, the the end of the first chunk, because I, I don't feel like we'll go back to it too much. Is uh, yeah. some aliens show up, uh, who are going to basically take and enslave, because they're in the dark sector. There's various warring like alien races. That this little right. planet that John's on likes to just try and stay off the radar, so no one comes and bothers them. But yeah. uh, clearly, these aliens find them, and John tries to be all you know space cop on them, but they zap him. And so he's in a bit of predicament here at the end. Uh, like it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, he, he's, he forgot that he didn't have a superpower anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bless um, him. He's trying to do the right thing, though. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I do love that one of the United Planets representatives is a Dominator, though. I love a Dominator showing up with a clipboard and being like, okay, we're, mm-hmm. we're helping you, Lantern Joe, as best we can. <laughs> like a blue Dominator, too, who I've never seen before. Yeah, we got two of the regular kind and a blue one, yeah. Yeah, so that was that's interesting. Um, yeah, Joe's speech as well as she puts out is quite interesting, because she's like, yeah, none of you really know who I am. In fact, exactly none of you know who I am, because I was given a separate mission at the edge of the universe, and, you know, so I, I'm completely different, but... Do you know what this reminds me of? And a lot of it is... I actually... I think I already made a Power Rangers reference earlier, but I'm going to make a proper oh, one now. Is it this reminds me of when all the Power Rangers lost their coins? But Tommy's like knockoff green coin was the one that still worked, so he kind of right. had to single handedly like, rescue the rest of the powers. And this Joe and Kelly stuff feels like this is their time for that. This is the time for them to shine as the the new lanterns who have a different kind of green lantern power who are going to save everyone the, else. The, they're not on the morphing grid, no, exactly. Yes, they're not on the morphing grid. Oh man, so that, this is what's making me think. I'm, I'm getting go green ranger go. Just- in my Just, head. Uh, while we're talking about Power Rangers, yes. very briefly, Humble Bundle have a have an offer on right now for basically all of the um, Power yes. Rangers stuff from Boom. 
just, you know, should should people be interested? Yeah, it's like forty dollars for the biggest package, where it has like everything up until fairly recent stuff. I think it's, I think it's less than that. It's only like seventeen pounds, so I think it's probably only like thirty dollars at most. Oh, was it thirty? Okay, uh, because because mm. the smallest one's only a few single issues, and that's like a dollar. But if you if you go, there's like four tiers. Yeah, the top one it has like fourteen volumes of. Mighty Morphin, it's got like some of the classic stuff, it's got crossover with Turtles, it's got some OGNs, yeah. it, it's got quite a lot in it. Yeah. I mean, if you just want to dabble, the second tier, which is like $5 or whatever, that one has the first couple of trades, so you actually get enough to read to really get a sense of it, you know, beyond just a couple of single issues, so. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's neat. As long as you don't mind having random, like, sort of PDF-style files as your comics which i always strikes me every time there's like a, a thing like this on humble bundle with comics i always feel a little bit weird just buying like a a folder of pdfs it's I weird think the weird thing in this one is uh there are most of them are epubs okay not pdfs which is even weird because pdf is at least formatted for images right mm-hmm. epubs are typically used for uh you know ebooks like kindle books and stuff like that oh so that's what epub means kindle, but, mm. yeah huh it's, just, uh, it's a weird choice. Yeah, it's just, yeah. just a bit weird. But I mean, it's good value though. I mean, if you if you want to try Power Rangers comics, this is obviously a cheap way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since Boom tend to gouge a little bit by only putting four issues per trade, like consistently. And they're not cheap trades. <laughs> no, so they, they do not care like, about. Marvel do that a lot as well. They'll do like four issue trades, but they will price them accordingly. They'll be significantly cheaper than their other trades. Yeah. So it doesn't feel as bad. Yeah, boom but... and IDW. I mean, maybe it's just because they're small imprints, so they have to charge a bit more, and it's just the the, the price of doing but business. It, but... it feels bad, doesn't it? It, it does feel bad. It does feel bad. It, it feels like there's less reason to wait for the trade. You might as well just buy the single issues because you're not saving that much. <laughs> I think it's usually cheaper to buy the single issues. When they're on sale, it is for sure. Usually, when they're both on sale at the same time, it's usually cheaper to get the single issues over the trades. Yeah. Anyway. Uh... All right. So, I love that conversation. I can tell. Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's basically it. Uh, she she gets to know Baz a little bit. He offers his help with his fancy new space gun, and then she goes to talk to Kelly. Uh, and she's excited that Simon's not dead, <laughs> which is good. And the cliffhanger at the end of this issue is that you know, like we hear the rest of the the message. And we see one person possibly hear it. And I think this is something that you guys theorized, is that Hal's ring, because of how he rebuilt it, is maybe separate uh-huh. from everyone else's. Because yeah. this seems to be Hal at the end here who's listening to this. Yeah. Uh, wherever he's at, it's super dodgy because he's hiding in the shadows. Yes. Hal, so... somewhat dodgy. Yeah, right? Now who would have guessed? So, uh, so neat cliffhanger. Um I mean, I, I I don't necessarily mind the idea of not getting to him for a few issues, though, just so that we get we give Kelly and Joe a chance yeah. to really shine uh, on their own before we do that. But uh, yeah, it, it shifted gears really quick with the uh, with with John and just the way that they throw us in. It, it threw me for a loop. I um, I definitely felt even better though once we did cut to the others and I realized oh we're yes. going to consistently have this as going as well. That's, I think I felt a much better about what that first half. That's was. what's that's what saved me. Uh, was when we got to Joe and, and we saw Simon, he is, now he's got a new bionic arm and Kelly runs over there and, and gives him a big old hug. Like the, that's the wholesome Green Lantern content I want to see. Power me does uh, wonder though. Like I, I appreciate the, uh, the separate into the two stories, if nothing else, just to make the artist break feel a, a lot near. Yeah. But part of me wonders like, 
could you just like split these up and just have them cut in between the two plot threads like a, a regular like you know two thread comic book and it would work well enough i think yeah it would uh, and i think it would have given us a little bit of more respite because it would have it would have uh you know the, the john mystery at the beginning mm. you know where we're going through his memories would it would have definitely added more a little bit disorientation but it would have felt nice because now we're jumping to joe because you, you, know. you could have the transition like when when the ring explodes in that one sort of flashback part of that that mm-hmm. weird tr- start of the book, you could use that as a transition to the Joe stuff where she's talking about what's happening, uh, yeah. and then you'll cut back to those. You, you could so you could do it that way. I I kind of I, I get why they didn't because obviously the art's going to be changing between the two threads, so they wanted to just sort of separate it as a backup. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there's pros and cons, I guess, to both both methods. Um, but. Hey, yeah, I would hate the first half, but I, I do. It's definitely just the back I, chunk that I, I'm into. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it, but for like to tell Connor to, if he should squeeze it in on a short week where there's already a lot of books, I, I felt I could help him out. I, just like, I yeah, had to read weird. two issues as well. Yeah, so should have made him read it just for the the laugh. Yeah, I, if it wasn't a short week and there well, wasn't a hockey game on, then yes, <laughs> Connor, let, let me I also would have told him to read Crush and Lobo. But I didn't. <laughs> let me put it this way. If I had read this, I would have not had time to read Nice House on the Lake. And not, not, to, not to spoil my thoughts on that, but that's not going to happen. I, I clearly would rather read that. Full disclosure, oh, okay. Connor, uh, less than 40 hours ago, suggested maybe we don't do Nice House on the Lake to save time uh, on the show. I'm saying I don't need to necessarily talk about it on the show, but I was always going to read it. Oh, we're going to talk about it. This t- talking's going to be happening. Uh, we, we did have talks last week of not telling you that we weren't reading Crash and Lobo and let you read it, but you know yeah um, yeah that was that was real high on my priority list. <laughs> so anyways what, what's your angry lantern there pete uh i, I i'm happy to happy to give this a seven i think overall yeah i'll, I'll give it a 6.5 so yeah. it's a little bit lower i'll give it a seven uh, but I'm, en- I'm enjoying just you know this new status quo see what the world of the green lanterns is it feels different than what we've had for a long time so i appreciate and that i appreciate that for sure and i know it seems like you know, bratty of me to be like, oh, I want it different, but oh, this is too different. But it, it pulled itself together towards the end there. So, That's just nerds. In a, in a yes. I, I would say yeah. fandom in general. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, all right. The Swamp Thing issue for Ram V and Mike Perkins on R, which, which I, Pete has definitely read now. I, I did yes. read, yes. Uh, I, I, I went quiet. And part of me thought maybe I should like overdo my uh, reactions to it on camera just while I'm reading it quietly over here. But I, I thought, nah, I'm not doing that. You're too, you were too engrossed in the book to remember. Yes, yes. So I, I'm not mystery science theatering uh, Swamp Thing <laughs> issue four. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they're still in the the green at the start of the issue, of course. And Woodrow is with Jennifer. And it. I mean, obviously there's a lot of good art in this book from Perkins, but some of the stuff with Boudreau just slyly looking or smiling at her is just, like... It's so creepy. Creep. He is. He's, he's Stranger Danger. He's, he's the personification of Stranger Danger. There's a reason that at the, there's a point where Jennifer's like, I don't really trust you. Yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah I, I wonder why. I know Matt's going to eventually watch this, so I won't get too spoiler here. But yeah. this is basically uh, the same type of moment that was on Superman and Lois recently, where Lois uh, said, right. no, I'm not going to get into your creepy van <laughs> on my own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's basically Actually. that moment. Um, yeah, when you said Stranger Danger, it made me think of the movie Role Models, because that's what one of the kids calls Paul Rudd throughout the whole thing. <laughs> it's Stranger Danger. So, yeah. Um, 
Which is ridiculous yeah. because he looks as young as they do. Yes, he does. Well, and that's why he's Stranger Danger, right? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, they, just... How did they never cast Paul Rudd in a, in a Jump Street movie? Oh, jo- jo- Give him time. There's almost a, there's almost a joke here where you do that Steve Buscemi thing where you know, with the skateboard where he says how do you do fellow oh. kids but the joke is, is that every all the kids just go oh hey hey Paul yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you could almost it's, it's more you, well he's, he doesn't look that young to be a kid but definitely college he would fit in a little bit better than Channing Tatum in that second movie oh sure. Know? I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, obviously, we're, we're, we're exaggerating a bit. He's 50, but he does look surprisingly yeah, like, youthful for so 50. Five, I, I, ten years ago, he looked young. So. Yeah. Yeah, but see, seeing him at the Avengers campus that just opened here at Disneyland, um, he he looks almost the same in those pictures as he did in Clueless. And that movie's almost 30 years old. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Just Clueless. Whatever he's on, get on it, people. Be nice. Yes. Like Paul Rudd. Cool. It's one year after Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers has has a debut starring role. Um, so, <laughs> so Woodrow's with Jennifer. Uh, he takes her on a boat. Uh, there's a grey page here where he's talking about the green or a great panel, I should say. Uh, Snap. and she says something feels wrong, and there's a panel where it's just like it's like random vegetation, but there's just enough there to make it look like a face. There's like teeth. Sort of forming. There's, teeth, there's like almost like eyes. Yeah. There's, there's almost like a hand coming in, like kind of doing like a that sort of motion up above the face. Yeah, it's the idea of the something coming out of darkness. And of course, the other cliffhanger from last issue was uh, Alec Holland appearing mm-hmm. to talk to, to Levi Swamp Thing uh, and sort of give him some guidance and talks about, you know, what the green is, the idea that it's memories, that you, you know, he says, you know, touch the grass, like feel the green and, you know, what is it? And he's like, well, I can't really just describe it in a single word because it'd be like saying, Describe what a forest is, other than just saying it's green. <laughs> you know. Yes, uh, but in in a significantly more poetic way than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, so, I'm summarizing. What, what I like about this being the memory, and again, this goes into Ram V and then the the elements of storytelling, right? What what is a memory if not a story that your brain's telling, right? And so here, the green is all the memories of of all the different avatars. And, you know, what they went through. And basically, each time there's a new avatar, they impact the green as much as the green impacts them, right? It's a symbiotic relationship. And I just love that concept because that is such a different vibe from what we got from, you know, uh, Snyder Swamp Thing. Or I've never read any of the Alan Moore stuff. But, you know, it feels so different. I love this page here as well. I think Perky's art is spectacular where... Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming these are referencing specific moments from previous runs I that, that I'm so. familiar with. Yeah, I suspect but so. You can tell like by the the outer ones, it looks like okay, this is '80s Alan Moore stuff mm-hmm. because it, you know it's got that scratchy feeling of of that art. Yeah, and, uh, Abby down there at the bottom, right? Yeah. Um, oh, you, looks could, like... you could tell that this is you know there's a lot of respect for the previous runs that that, that yes. came before for the character and. You know, Al- Alan Moore's is in many ways the the most prolific one that kind of mm-hmm. modernized the character the most. You know, for for a whole, yeah. and in the same way that you know, we look at Batman Year One is kind of the start of what modern Batman is. You know, Alan Moore Swamp well, Thing. Yeah, because Swamp Thing was around, but he was a monster, and it was Alan Moore that created the mythos. Yeah. Around him, and you know, with he had Constantine showing up, and that's where their I mean, I, I their don't know. Dynamic. I don't know if you Woodrow know, existed before Alan Moore Swamp Thing, but it was definitely Alan Moore who made him like such an interesting, fascinating I, character. I believe Florian McMahon was a Batman villain. So Sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, sounds about right. <laughs> why I, I, not? You know, 
just on this here, it's it's clear that Rambi is interested in storytelling. And I yep. mean that as a as an idea, not just in being good at storytelling. That's kind of his job. But you hey. know, we 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 talked about some of the Justice League Dark stuff. Uh, you know, what he was playing with there mm -hmm. uh, a long time ago in Justice League Dark when he was doing that stuff with the the idea of stories with the the different parliaments. Mm -hmm. And and now this, it's uh, you know, and even he likens these memories to being like stories, being you know. The way that stories change as people tell them, you know, and they get retold and retold, and 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 they they shift, and memories do that as well. Like every time you remember something, it's slightly different because your memory right. is reconstructed. Yeah, the per the perception mm -hmm. kind of changes. You know, the the green is a lot more volatile towards human beings because it's it's kind of remembering the worst of them and all the, the all the bad things that humans have done right. over our existence on Earth, which you know adds up to quite a bit. But he informs Alec, or sorry, he informs uh, Levi, sorry, Alec informs Eli that uh, there's a, a, a rot, uh, what was the exact word he used? Contagion. A contagion, a that contagion. was it. Contagion, uh, which, which isn't the same as the rot, it definitely no. looks well, like, that's, you know. Well, that's why I was looking for the specific word, because the yeah, rot yeah, is a yeah, specific yeah. thing. But we, because we've seen that before, right? So this yeah. contagion is, is more of, it's, it's like the green, right? Because these are, these almost look like carnivorous plants. You know, they're they're very flower-like, but they have teeth, and they're they're scary. So they're similar to the green, and there's there's a portion of this where they talk about that the green is so powerful, right, that, that it, it almost needs man to ground it. But at the same time, you don't want someone grounding it that wants that power. So it has to have this delicate balance. And then, you know, it's that old saying that those who are fit to lead are the ones that don't want it. Right, they're the ones that are, you know. Yeah, because uh, that's that comes from a, a conversation here about Levi's uh, doubt because he he speculates because because he says the uh, the contagion started a couple of months ago, give or take, mm -hmm. and Levi's like, wait, that's when this all started with me. Did I do this? Did I yeah. cause the, this this contagion that's happening in the green? And I like that he doesn't know the answer. He's like, I, I don't know, but right. it's clearly connected. But yeah, you, mm -hmm. don't know if you're the cause or not. But then oh. there's that more uplifting idea that. Yeah, you don't want this, but the ones who do, and this is actually wonderful dovetailing into the other plot thread in this issue, which is, you mm -hmm. know, Woodrow being with Jennifer, is that Woodrow's yeah. whole thing is that he wanted access to this power. He sort of forced his way yeah. into it. You know, he was not chosen yeah. by anything. So his yeah. his statement here where he says, you're the ones who, who want this power, the ones who desire it, are the ones that we don't want to wield it. You know, these are the ones that you should be scared of wielding it. So... The idea that he he makes this, you know, not that he's specifically even talking about Woodrow, but given that Woodrow is one of the most prominent villains that he ever faced, it probably is the first name that comes to mind when he, well, he makes a statement like that. It's well, when you think about who's connected to the green, right? It, it's Swamp Thing, it's Ivy, it's Floronic Man, right? And you look at Swamp Thing and Ivy, and they were both created by accidents, right? Depending on on the origin, versus like you said, Floronic Man, who chose this, he wants to be a evil plant man, you know. And and then so here it's no coincidence that you know it's Swamp Thing and Ivy remember because she's not poison, um, just Ivy that are able to wrangle the the oldest form of of the Swamp Thing you know to calm it down and for him to tap into those memories. I love the idea that the, the Woad Woes is the 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 original Swamp Thing. It's mm -hmm. you know the the purest form, the first one. I, it, per I yes. particularly like the description he has because he tries to go up and kind of like stop it and mm -hmm. the way he talks about just the the force of the, the wind and the pressure that's been left mm -hmm. in its wake as it walks like sort of catching him up into like a tide of mm -hmm. like a gust 
uh, I, I really like that. And then, of course, the hand comes in and Ivy's there to sort of help and they work together. She, she kind of tries to hold its, its foot in place while he reaches into it. Not to, like, do anything on seemingly just to connect to it and sort of look into the memories. Because if this is the right. oldest swamp being here, then mm-hmm. in theory it has the best pool of memories to, to take it has, from. It's not even necessarily that it has the best. I think it's more it has the context because that, that was the whole thing that, that Alec is, is teaching him is that over time they've still got the memories but they've lost the context so right. things have got warped and they've lost their meaning and, and, and that's they're why focusing on the evil elements because, because of that. The, the negativity leaves the biggest imprint. Yeah. Right. Right. Whereas going back to this, this first right. avatar it'll have the context which in, I think in him. Just on the idea of the negative things having the impact, I think there's a psychological element to the book where mm-hmm. a lot of this is more a metaphor for his own depression and his own self-doubt mm-hmm. and all those things, which I, th- I think it would be a disservice to the storytelling to kind of gloss over the, like, the representation that a lot of this gives that stuff. Okay. The idea of the things in the dark that are there being representative of your, your own sort of demons sort of mm-hmm. like lingering beneath. The idea of the negative things been the stuff that sticks and you don't focus on the good, you don't focus on the things that should make you feel better and should give you sort of reassurance mm-hmm. in the world and yourself and whatever. Uh, you know, even here, he, he he sees the memory. We're getting more teases of what his brother was doing when right. he was visiting his father. And it, you know, it definitely looks like he had, he had a, that's a sacrificial looking knife he's got in his hand and there's yeah, some sort of weird he, shit going on. Right, and, and remember the area he's from. It's this wild land out in India, you know, and also don't get... The names Levi and Jacob, right? Those are very biblical names, and I'm not I'm not versed in the Bible enough to know mm-hmm. what the names represent. But there, there Jacob, has to be Jacob. I think was was that Abraham's son. Well, if that's if that's the case, I mean, think of the story of Abraham. I know that yeah. one. And Levi I think, was I think, the. I think Jacob was the elder child that that Abraham was supposed to sacrifice. Uh-huh. It could be wrong. Yeah, uh, and okay. uh, Levi was, of course, the 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 god of genes. <laughs> I knew some stupid joke was coming. I didn't yeah, know that was, was going to be just, it. I don't know what um, that was going to be, but I was waiting for something. Yeah. Stupid. Look, so, uh, the, 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 you're going to talk for me seriously, okay? It's not no, I, I know, but I thought maybe <laughs> Pete has something okay, to add. And it was the God of Jeans. So, you know. Um, <laughs> real, real quick. Um, hey, there's the red, the green, the raw, the denim, okay? This is just yeah. how it works. And you know who the avatar of the denim is? Is Jay Leno. So, you know, and he's very real. Um, the fundamentals of life, everyone. <laughs> so, real real quick, Connor brought up the, the water woes, right? Which yeah. made me think of, of, I just listened to a a podcast talk about the idea of the green man, right? In mythology. Mm-hmm. And that basically you can tie the green man back to paganism and the worship of nature. And so just the idea. So I looked up and you type into wiki it brings you to the wild man and the green man and this is again ram b going with the storytelling that at first there was nature and that's what man from what i'm familiar with world wars is like it's like a a european equivalent of like pan right or bigfoot depending on on depending on the story of the wild man of the woods who yeah if if you look at it as a as a wild wood ape it's not the same but if you look at it as this nature spirit that lives out there almost like who's who's the dude in in lord of the rings or the hobbit that turns into the bear uh, yeah him almost or or rather yes the the brown right there are these dudes that Tom live out Bombadil. in the forest 
that are yeah gem that, <laughs> that end up becoming one with nature right like they can command the animals they know all the hiding spots and it's because they've sacrificed their quote humanity to go live amongst the animals and that's kind of what civilization so to speak yeah and that the you know and that here with the green man and what it means with with swamp thing right is that at first nature was worshipped and then other things started coming as humanity developed and then basically it's no longer a thing that's worshipped it's just something that is and if if mankind you know as, as we're getting in with the prescott when we get to the end of the book right it's just something to be mined and it's not anything that's worshipped or to be treated with respect and that's what the green is pushing back against now right and when when that gets to levi and his issues about it you know like Pete was talking about all the darkness all the depression and all of this the green this time chose him for a reason right yeah. is it because his his negative headspace dealing with the death of his dad and then his brother pulling some weird occult stuff that that is poisoning the green right um it, it reached out to this man who clearly needs it right uh, what what might be really interesting is if it essentially chose him to stop his brother, right? Mm-hmm. That might like be a, like it, it might make him feel worse in that he wasn't chosen for himself. It wasn't anything he did. Well, it was actually, just I think his so- connection to someone. No. Else. I think something Matt just said there's interesting because you it, it, it just said you know the Greens acting out because of what you know mm-hmm. man mankind is doing to it, right. and it's chosen in Levi perhaps because. It need, you know, Levi needs the green. I, I do I think there's something interesting about the green needing Levi as much as Levi needs the green. The idea that it's right. it's a mutual beneficial that, thing where that, where Levi symbiosis. needs the purpose, he needs the 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 strength and the support of the green, and you know the the power that will come with that. And but the green needs him part maybe partly be because of because of who he's connected to and partly because of his place right. in the world, but ultimately because he is deep down going to make the right choices. He is the the, the good and and you know to get back to biblical stuff the idea that two brothers one is inherently good and one is inherently not mm-hmm. is is a very biblical you well, know, I mean, yeah, thing that goes to can enable yeah. right so uh, but anyway to, the to get back to so here now we cut back to yeah. jennifer and uh woodrow uh one of my favorite panels in the whole book is when woodrow starts acting creepy and she's hiding from him uh you don't realize what she's streaming at until the next page and it's, it's because she's seen swamp thing for the first time properly but the all-black panel of just her eyes and teeth uh, screaming mm-hmm. is particularly great. Uh, and Woodrow, you know, recognizes you know, Swamp Thing, of course, and Swamp mm-hmm. Thing's like, I know you. And obviously, this is the memory of the green. This is the memory that he's been tapping mm-hmm. into that is telling him who this guy is. That's what, why he's recognizing her. He doesn't know immediately yeah. names or exactly what he's like, but I, I know we're not friends. A familiarity, yeah. There's, there's something mm-hmm. there. Um. It's again those strong emotions, especially the negative ones here, because you know I, I'm sure Alec Holland had lots of negative emotions attached with Woodrow. Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, they're, they're powerful enough to come through immediately. And you know Woodrow's got that creepy smile as he says, "You're you're going to become a monster eventually, just like me." You know, like this is your mm-hmm. inevitability. Well, and, and again, it's it's you know yeah sure he's a monster because of how he is, but it's not his actions. You know, so it's it's Woodrow's actions that. He seems to be trapped in the green, right? Like, I can't remember the last time we saw him in Justice League Dark, but I know it didn't end up well for him because he ended up doing the Parliament of Flowers thing. And, mm. uh, you know, and then Alec, Alec basically sacrificed himself to, you know, 
uh, say Wonder Woman and and Zatanna. Yeah, it, it was a while so, ago. I think did we see yeah. Florotic Man in the Harley? I no, no, we didn't. Never mind. No. They did. They just thought it was Florotic Man, but we didn't actually right. see him, did we? No, it, it was another version of Ivy, right? Yes. Was, uh, so, but yeah, just and he looks so sinister there when he calls him that you're a monster just like me. Oh, so it's, it's like, well, proper creepy. Um, yeah. So is he is he going to use this contagion? To try to unbalance things? I mean, it's, 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 it's not a million miles to sort of suspect that Woodrow mm-hmm. has something to do with it, even, possibly. Yeah. Or, at the very yeah. least, he's going to take advantage of it now that it does exist. Right. But uh, yeah. I'm sure that's stuff that the, the book's going to get into. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they wake up back in the lab. If you'd forgotten where they were when they actually went into the green, mm-hmm. you know, she was giving him a scan. And cat scan, yeah. they, they go home in silence. You know, they're, they're dealing with this and... She talks about how she saw a monster in her dream, and you just see his look at... And I think one of the things I love about Swamp Thing, uh, mm-hmm. when, when it's written in a way that I love about it, I love the idea of this layer of monst- this monstrous side of the world, whether it's another realm or whatever, and here, this idea of getting in and out of the green, and it's this kind of monstrous land. Like, that panel of him just sort of like putting his, his, his hand in his head, and he's, he's just in the shadows and the darkness, and this look of despair. Um, I, I think there's the... It's almost Lovecraftian in the idea of like, this cosmic horror that you can't comprehend that's so big and like otherworldly. Oh, yeah. I also I like. like the shift here that it's doing with the typical, you know, Alec and Abby stuff was, oh, he's mm-hmm. a monster, you know. Right. Where, uh, uh, and it's it's so, you know, yeah, well, it's physical, also very so you can hot. see it, but there's the, yeah. there's, the, there's the man underneath. This here, right. it's kind of the other way around where, She's talking about, oh, there was this, this horrible monster. It was like the swamp had come alive. And that's, obviously, that's him that she's talking about, but she doesn't realize it. And, you know, it's it's the monster beneath instead. It's it's a, it's a nice reversal. Yeah. Right, which that's what I was going to do. It's very Hulk. And this this book actually reminds me a lot of Immortal Hulk, right? And, I'm, yeah. and it's it's curious that if if it is Al Ewing that he's working with on Venom, like, what is that story going to be, and why do I have to read it? Now? It's it's so As, funny that DC know? over the years have tried to do their take on Hulk, mm-hmm. and it's and likewise, Man Thing is definitely Marvel's take on Swamp Thing, right? But it's so funny that yeah, realistically, Swamp Thing and Hulk are the, the comparables. <laughs> they're yeah. the ones that actually should well, be they're compared. Both, they're both men of science that were turned into monsters by yeah. their science. But they both have know? their own. And, I mean, obviously, yeah, Immortal but, Hulk in this has a, a lot of uh, comparisons, but. I wouldn't say that Hulk traditionally has as much in common with Swamp no. Thing, but they, they, no. they definitely have their own spin on things, usually. Well, it's the fact that these are both psychological books right now, talking about uh, what the, makes somebody a monster, right? It, it's the horror of the trauma and the monster underneath. Yeah, that, that's exactly. And, yeah. yeah, and I did double-check it. It is, it is Al Ewing with him on that one. Yeah, Venom. so yeah. now I, I don't care about Venom, right? I tried I tried to do the, the, the newer one that's, you, you know... You, you couldn't get into all the null stuff? It was fine, but I didn't oh, ever go back. So I heard that first trade. However, you put Ram V and Al Ewing and telling a book about what makes a monster, and I'm I'm there. Like, <laughs> like yeah. So it's a uh, um, Brian Hitch on art as well. So it's probably gonna look pretty damn good. Well, to get yeah. back to the 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 plot of this book here, yeah. um, we have scientists from the Evil Company, the Prescott Company, like basically in in the uh, the MRI like surgery room, mm-hmm. uh, well, surgery. You know what I mean? The scanner. Yeah, uh, and scan. and they're. Basically, you've got hazmat suits on. They're scanning for DNA and mm-hmm. samples, and they're looking for anything like. And because we, we knew they were paying attention to him before, we had those teases. Mm-hmm. But this is straight up. No, they're looking for something, and they seem to like get the results of the cat scan, which show like you know, 
some plant-esque features coming out of his brain. Yeah, <laughs> so, tendrils. Which is, if you remember last issue, that was the, the visuals of what kicked all this off. Mm-hmm. Like when he was having this kind of, it kind of burst out of that image into the mm-hmm. green. Yeah, so the end of the issue is uh, him calling uh, Amanda Waller at Belle Reeve. Um, so we knew this was coming. Um, I suspect it's going to read fine if you don't read Swamp Thing, or if you don't read uh, Suicide Squad. This, this isn't the Suicide Squad that we, you know, that even showed up on Man Bat, or that, that's in Teen Titans Academy, you know? Like, there's Peacemaker, but I don't recognize any of the other ones here. Do you? No. Uh, not really. I do have a question, though. Why does Amanda Wall look so weird on this page? I think this is Mike Perkins struggling to yeah. run regular people, because yes. this has been his weakness ever since we've seen his, his stuff. It's never like this, though. She looks like, it looks yeah. like she was drawn much taller, and then they had to like, squish her into the page. Yeah. It's what yeah. so used to happen when you would put, you know, uh, a widescreen movie on a full screen. It's, it's, it's like a forced perspective just... trick, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, but I what's get weird that is she's the wall, but she should not be taking up sixty percent of the page. But what's weird Perkins. though is that none of the other characters on the page behind her have no. this effect. It's just her, which is why it looks kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, the whole thing's a bit odd. It's, so they are amazing in this issue. It's just this last page that's goddamn yeah. weird. Um, okay. so I mean, as long as the next one thing reads well without Suicide Squad, I have no problem with this being a, yeah. a step in the story. But uh, did, did either of you have any plans to read this squad? Because I immediately looked and went, "No, I'm not." Bothered. No, we we stopped reading Teen Titans Academy when they handed Suicide Squad. Like, nope. <laughs> I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. If they called it Part One of Two and like the next issue or something was Part yeah. Two, I'd make a point of reading it. But as I of right now, it doesn't seem very that. telling that this says to be continued and not to be continued in Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, it doesn't make you read yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, no. I I definitely feel like this is. Just Which, him imagine, the concept. Imagine the reading that Suicide Squad book right now, and there's an issue that ties into a Teen Titans book one month, and then the following month it's tied into a Suicide or a Swamp Thing issue. Like that's two months in a row of that book where it's just kind of like a weird support book to other and things. And it's only like four issues in or something. Oh, yeah, like it's that. just it's really, five. <laughs> like it just makes that book feel even less like attractive for so many mm-hmm. reasons. So that's just yep. kind of weird. Uh, Swamp Thing was great though. Uh, yeah. Mytho- yep. mythology stuff more character stuff uh uh i'm also digging the the evil company you know I, I, you know it's, it's always been a factor in a, a sort of staple of the swamp thing story since the 80s is the idea mm-hmm. of the you know it was always the uh oh, i always forget them the company from the Miller run but uh but uh you know like that's always been a staple of the, the character pretty much since then so mm-hmm. uh, i'm digging yeah if, if if you haven't uh go read um shoot fun sounds mark russell Mark Russell did a digital first um, that was basically Swamp Thing versus capitalism, and it's fantastic. It's basically what Pete's describing. Uh, this this one's way more sinister than, than the Mark mm. Russell one, which of course is typical Mark Russell satire. Yeah. No, this is but, way. I mean, I didn't read the Mark Russell one, but this this there's the darkness yeah. of this book, the, the sort of the yeah. the the horror that we can't quite comprehend, the shadows in the world that exists beyond the shadows. That's kind of the Swamp Thing mm-hmm. that I really love. So that's yeah. that's book speaking to me in in many many levels uh matt what are you giving swamp thing i mean it's 9.5 connor i mean i thought i was being generous with well not generous i thought i was being fair by giving it a nine and that was still yeah. pretty high but yeah yeah I, i'm going with the nine i may give it an 8.5 but that that weird amanda waller on that last page is getting half yeah, a point the that's keeping it from a, <laughs> yeah that's the thing that's keeping it from a 10 for me <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I, I'll also go with a 9 out of 10. So, uh, and because I expected something in that range is why I said I'm not talking about Justice League. I'm going to read something instead. Uh, look, yeah. you made the right choice. I did. Choices were <laughs> made. Did. Choices were made and they were correct. All right. Uh, these next couple, we'll go through a little bit quicker. Uh, just mm-hmm. keep things moving here. But Man Bat, issue five, uh, Dave, Dave Wilgos and Summit Kumar. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically wrapping up exactly as you'd expect, and yeah. also almost as also as we expected, it kind of did the like transition to the man bat that's in Justice League Dark. So it's, yeah. this is definitely a pre rebirth man bat sort of transition yeah. into that rebirth man bat, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Is the funny thing about it is that I appreciate what this book did for the character, and you know mm-hmm. some of the fight with Batman when he's all venomized and Batman's acting all crazy because he's got the, the the scarecrow stuff in him as well like all that stuff's fine man bat you know saving everyone by like going through with the the new sonic cannon that reverses everyone's you know fear uh that's all fine um i i got to the end of this and went you know i kind of feel like the first issue was really interesting but the rest of it's been you know fun enough like readable but I don't know. Like, it feels like it was designed just to explain how Man Bat changed into the Man Bat that exists in Justice League Dark. I, I don't know if it ever sort of became more than that at the end. I, I liked it just because we got the idea of Kirk and the monster having to live in balance. Because when he always would blame all of his bad stuff on the monster. So to mm. me, this became a, a story about accountability and that Kirk has to be accountable. And part of that is he's got to take control of the bat within. Because the bat was there even before he he yeah did that, that's his anger so, that's his you know I think yeah so I, I've I said like I've said a couple of times that this coming out in the same week as Batman that's got a much cooler version of Scarecrow's hurt it I actually think this issue especially hurts being up in the same week as Swamp Thing because Swamp Thing's doing the man and the monster together and it's far yeah. more artistic and far more it's, yeah it's so unfair when this this book was scheduled to start coming out like a year ago I know yeah. Like th- this, this book would have been October, over before. What's that? It was even earlier than that. Was it yeah, supposed to wrap up in October? Oh, wrap like, up. Or, yeah, it, it may have yeah. been October. Yeah. yeah. It was meant to start, yeah. I think, like the month of the shutdown. Yeah, April or May. Yeah. It was around then. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel bad for it because this should have finished before Swamp Thing started, before Batman started mm-hmm. doing any of this right. stuff. Well, and and you got to remember, um, the, I'm not even trying to say the the writer's last name. He's <laughs> the editor for Batman. So he's yeah. very familiar with all of this stuff. So just the whole idea of, I do like the idea of the bridge, almost like this is what made Scarecrow change his tactics, right? Because he wasn't using the toxin. He was trying to use the subliminals, right? So now this leads to him working with Simon Saint and doing whatever. So I do like that you can see the bridge with the Scarecrow there, albeit, I mean, Tynan's creepy Scarecrow is great. There's a, there's a bridge with the design as well in that. Yeah. He's got the hat here, but he's also yeah. got the, the burlap sack. So it's kind of in yeah. between what we mm-hmm. had before and where we are now. Um, yeah. Feels like transition redesign. Yeah. Again, if this had come out where it should have done, it probably would have felt a lot yeah. more natural. Because yeah, yeah, obviously the, so- the last chunk of pages are Wonder Woman showing up to recruit him. And, you know, yeah. that's... And it was him holding the lasso saying he's ready to, you know, help people yeah, or whatever. Like so that. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a nice enough ending. Like, it... it I think this. I think the first issue of this felt really promising, and then the rest of it's been fine and you know enjoyable enough to be kept reading it, but not nothing stand out. Issue, I don't think it's never been bad, but it's 
definitely never lived up to that first issue. Yeah. No, but I, I do like, uh, I have a soft spot for monsters, though. So, like, I, I enjoyed this just as a fun read. Like, it's not, I don't think it would ever top my list for any story, but yeah. it, it was a fun go. I, but, like, I, I, I love the Harley stuff. What was that, issue two or three? Yeah, you know, I think that was three, them. I think, yeah. Three. Um, I like that. Yeah, I, I'll be shocked if this makes my top five for the week. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we'll see. We made mine, because I think I only read like five books, but... <laughs> So by default, and also one of those was Justice League. Oh dear. Um, all right, man. What are you giving Man Vashu for? I'm gonna give this a seven. Connor, I'll probably just give it a straight seven as well. Yeah, well, a seven. It's a seven. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a seven out of ten book. I, I will say I, I left this and Swamp Thing for last because they're my two monster books. Yeah. So, I think the difference know. is like because I gave Batman a seven as well. Yeah, I think that the the difference here between them, like, you know, I'm much more positive on Batman Seven than I am on this. Not that I'm negative on this, but mm-hmm. Batman, it's it's the middle chapter of a story that can be a seven. It's fine. Right. Whereas yeah. this is yeah. this is the ending of my story. Mm-hmm. I I want more than a seven. And I think Batman, you know, also has better art, and it also feels like it's it's building to a lot of big exciting things. Whereas this is, you know, this is just building a, a... something that we read three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like quite literally. And that, yeah. and, and the 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 man bat that we met in in dark was you know a little bit more endearing than this one. You know, he still mm-hmm. has a little ways to go before he's wearing the coat with the glasses and yeah. and, and half bat form. So, you know. So cool. Uh, the next Batman Second Son issue three uh, of four that is. So this is uh chapter seven, eight, and nine. Uh, John Ridley writing ton Tony Akins on art. Um, the, the basic focus of this batch of three issues is the deposition. It's, it's, it's Jace going in and telling the, the story of what happened when he was younger. Uh, we find out that he, he had a guy with his car, um, but we get a, like a slice of his lifestyle. He was this you know spoiled rich kid who had fast cars, had parties. He never learned anyone's names. He... It was very frivolous in that sense. You know, a girl kind of like pulls him up for it because when he tries to chat her up, he doesn't even ask her name. Like, he just kind of like, hey, you must know me. I'm Tim Fox. I'm the best. Uh, and that's kind of his, his whole thing. Um, and then, of course, he, you know, he hits this guy with his car and immediately Lucius and his mother, but Lucius especially, starts like, oh, how do we solve this in the media? Oh, oh, wait, oh, this guy had a troubled past? Leak that. Oh, this guy, you know, was drunk, leaked that. You know, he's like, he starts leaking all these things. And eventually Tim's like, like, all this doesn't change the fact that I was on my phone talking to a girl when when I hit him with the car. Like, I'm still, I'm still, I'm the one at fault here. <laughs> like, that's basically what he says to his dad. And, you know, there's a sort of poignant moment where Lucius says, like, no, if, if what, what, what do you think would happen if you were the one who was hit? You know, you're a young black man. What do you think anyone would be fighting for you? Uh... But when he sort of continues making his points, and he says, you know, like, you know, people like us have to be able to fight back. And wait, what do you mean people like us? Do you mean rich people? Because the the point he's clearly mm. making is like, yeah, we, we are fortunate enough that we have money and lawyers that we can fight this this way. But most people don't, you know, over 99% of them don't, <laughs> typically speaking. So uh, it's sort of hitting at this sort of thing where, you know, Lucius is kind of in this weird place because... Well, he is black, he is also completely filthy rich. Uh, and that puts him into a, a slightly different camp at the same time. And kind of the the, the, the opposing uh, like mentality of those two worlds sort of clashing and 
uh, how how Jace has kind of rebelled against his family in a lot of ways because of how they've leaned into their money. And you know, we even see his mother kind of try to pull her strings uh, with getting documents redacted and stuff like that in this issue. Uh, but that that was the that was the the bulk of the issue. The the, the first you know third built up to it. The second issue was him in the meeting. And the third was basically the, you know, the, the little extra stuff that he hadn't finished talking about yet, where he still felt like all the, the, the worst stuff came after with the, how his dad handled it and all that. Um, did anyone else actually read this? Because everyone's been very quiet. No, I, I pulled a Connor, and I yeah. didn't catch up last time. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I still have to catch up. I should be caught up by, now that I don't have Man Bat, uh, <laughs> next time before it comes out, I should catch up. Because I did enjoy the first the first round. I just you know, vacation and then you know. Well, yeah. this was the same issue, the same week as that Green Lantern issue, and I said on that episode I, I plan on catching up, and then I worked even mm-hmm. more overtime in the next two weeks, and I've, I've just not caught. Both the lies, then, is what you're saying. Both the lies. <laughs> I uh... planned. I planned. <laughs> just didn't happen. So, um. Yeah, it's a solid chapter. It's obviously the biggest prominent thing. The, 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 there was a scene at the start of the very first chapter in this this book that I, I I wasn't necessarily sure what he was doing yet. He seems to be like recruiting someone or something like Jace that is, um, or making sure someone's who he thinks it is. I, I, if this was something that follows on from a previous issue, I'd forgotten whatever it was. But uh, there's a couple more scenes with the detectives and the idea you know, that the one cop uh, who let Batwing go when he was supposed to like arrest him. Uh, and how Montoya kind of knows something like that went down. She doesn't necessarily know exactly what happened, but goes to the partner. You're the one who we saw in Future State and says, hey, like soon this is going to be like a law we have to enforce completely. So you're going to have to like make a choice about like sticking up for your partner if they do something like that kind of thing. So it's kind of just setting up that she's been put in a rough place. Um, if nothing else, it feels like all of this is really prominent backstory for when we get the actual book that's kicking off. Uh, in August slash September, so um, mm. yeah, it's, it's still in continuity. It still feels like a part of the world, uh, so it doesn't just feel like a, a weird offshoot. I will say it's doing a pretty good job of making both Lucius and his wife a little unlikable, which is uh, weird because you actually think of Lucius Fox being an unlikable character, but uh, no. But think about in Grifter, like the fact that he socializes with that dude. You know, like that—that's who he thought to be his bodyguard. Yes, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but that—that that notably is coming at the same time. It's almost like editorial has decided that Lucius is going to be a little unlikable for a while. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that's just the status quo right now. Yeah, uh, he—he's he one of the few people that can tell Bruce no. So mm. you know, you, you got to do something. So um, yeah. a little antagonistic. Yeah, interesting. Um, they're not bad. I—I I, I will. I'll give it a 7.5, and I feel like I'm docking it at least half a point just for the digital format, which I still don't love. <laughs> uh, and, like, I feel like I'm, I'm having to swipe twice as much as I should be, just because they've got them all split into half pages, but um, this, this is basically it. Uh, it's just solid, yeah. I, I think the the first chapter was a little bit more wonky, but once it got to the, the, the second two, when it was really Jace getting into the backstory and sort of uh, giving us everything that he, he actually did and how he reacted to it, it was kind of like Everyone but him didn't want to have him accept the responsibility, but he did. He actually felt the guilt. He felt that he'd done something wrong, and everyone else was just trying to cover it up and tell him that. He, oh no, you you don't want to take responsibility. You're just in shock. You know, we'll 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 fix this. We'll fix this. Right. Uh. So. It, it's the two different justice systems. Yeah. 
So, no, super interesting. And it, 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 it makes us root for him a bit more because he is this morally more sound. Even if he was a bit of a shithead beforehand, when he goes through something mm-hmm. like this, he ultimately is wanting to stick to his guns. Uh, and that, you know, that means something. So, and the conflict that that's, that's caused with the, the family. So, there you go. That's next Batman, Second Son, Issue 3. Batman, Catwoman, Issue 5, Tom King, and Clay Man. So, we're back to another big book. And yep, yep. Uh, we have the, the very... So, we have Selina in the past. This is the one that just sort of had to admit to Batman that she knew stuff about the yep. Joker. She's just drinking mm-hmm. herself silly. She's drunk. She's fighting the bartender. I... I love the fight with the bartender because she, it, even though she's three sheets to the wind, she follows through on what she says she's going to do. And I was getting uh, Marion uh, Ravenwood vibes <laughs> from her in this. So, uh, okay. But yeah, okay. Uh, that was a, that was a good, good moment. That's is Tom King fully getting Selena. Yeah. So, so that, that's plot thread one plot thread two, which is the, the middle part is her seemingly forming a new bond with phantasm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then future thread is old woman selena at the wayne manor uh basically being confronted by old harley uh who at first it's... is like she's just she basically comes blow to blow immediately and wants to like beat the piss out at selena mm-hmm. because she killed the joker are you thinking wait is is harley regressed because she seems to be like mad that mm-hmm. she killed the joker but then you get the big full page splash like halfway through the fight where you killed the joker you turn the page you're like before i got to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's like almost like she went back on a deal yeah like you're supposed to leave him for me but yeah that was fun yeah it's good stuff um and it, it does well with the coloring here the color palettes there's a great page mm-hmm. early on where it establishes those three vertical panels of each timeline yeah uh, in order uh, of, of the continuity and you know the first one's yeah. green the second one's tinted blue and the third one's more of a, a sort of red and black or maybe mm-hmm. even purple and black but yeah. um it's good, it was, good stuff. It was this issue that made me realize that this is basically a Christmas carol for Selena. Mm. We're getting ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, and all dealing with her guilt over who she used to be. And I was like, damn it, King. You, you, you did it again. Yeah, and Harley puts so, on this creepy mask to like, fight Selena. And it's kind of fun that having like old woman Selena like, in like, a fighting stance. It's just like a different mm-hmm. type of... Because you don't usually see people who are meant to be elderly go into these no. kind of poses in a comic book so it just kind of sticks out as being a little unique uh mm-hmm. but yeah so this is in that page where she yells out before i got to like it's very demanding because she's got this like creepy white mm-hmm. mask on it's like the purge or something like that and there's like sort of the yeah. out of focus well, blood splatter as selena's like like hitting the back of her head yeah it's a it no it's a uh it's a harlequin mask you know oh, so sure. she's, I mean, she's yeah, actually sure. living up to the name I, I suppose, yeah. but not notably, it's a lot creepier than her makeup. Uh, yeah. Uh, the... Go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, drunk Selena having a conversation with a cat and actually treating each meow as a response. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something I do sober. Just uh. Big, yeah, this is a big Pete energy. Yeah, there. I'm okay with this. Uh, but yeah, uh, in the in the fight scene right before that, uh, where they're fighting and Harley's talking about you know the way he'd actually cry tears. Is it but but Selena, what she's seen, and then he'd go effing quiet. And that was the only time he's quiet. So the fact that even Harley knew back then that something was up with Selena and him, you know, like mm. there was some something that wasn't adding up. Um so yeah, it was a real fun issue. 
the 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 page after she's done talking to the the cat, um, and you get this uh, painted image. It almost looks like oh, the phantasm mask. Or is this Selena? This is Sal Niceman. He's not a very good man. That page. That is. Yeah. Spooky. Oh, it's just like wonderful. That, it's just it's just sort yeah. of that dripping kind of art style. Yeah. Um. And, and then, of course, you know, this guy's chained up and Phantasm's brought Selena here to help effectively, yeah. you know, question and torture him. And Terrible tattoos. Yeah. You know, Terrible tattoos. Yeah, the information. <laughs> and that, this guy tells this story about how... So so she, 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 she explains that this guy was a Joker, like, fanatic when he was in, like, college or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even, like, a sort of pro-punchline in many ways. And was like super into the Joker. Eventually, got to meet him, and the Joker kind of like took him in because he was you know so enamored with him. Mm-hmm. And he basically had this job of like recruiting more people like him, but they weren't using them as new henchmen. They were bringing them in so they could test the Joker gas on them. Uh, so it's a very sinister story about what he does. Um, and Selena actually stands there and watches as Phantasm kills this guy. You know. Um, yeah. it's it's this idea that even at this point uh, in the present day part of the story where she's with Bruce, she's still at least being party to darker things, uh, a world that Bruce would not be a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, right. you know, it's good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I love the transition from that as well because it's this, you know, super stark, everything's bathed in like the red and mm-hmm. the blood, and then you've just got these cold knives like hitting a bit of metal <laughs> to transition yeah. back to the future stuff with the, the old yeah. the old fight. Uh, so... No, it's good. Um, now I don't necessarily think of Batman's dinosaur like it's flesh decaying, but I do think there's a bit of symbolism in it having like an actual T Rex skeleton now instead of the <laughs> the dinosaur that he usually has in the cave. Well, no, isn't she? No, that's not the cave. She's she's gonna break into a museum. Oh, you're right. You're and right. You know she's con- and she's got slammered. Do, so yeah. Do, do you know it is? It's because the, the the old the two old versions are at the top of the page, and for some in my in yeah. my head there, I thought this was them like falling into the skeleton. Yeah. Now no. you're right. You're right. You're it's... right. You're right. Yeah. This is drunk Selena going to the museum to try and steal yeah. something. And and Batman finds her uh, and takes her home. Yeah. This is the first time. We see, this is the first time we see her. Uh, see Batman. Sorry, because yeah. he she's looking up at the the, the broken mm-hmm. skylight where she came in. Yep. And then Batman kind of comes in all in shadow and it yeah. carries her back to the bat and a gorgeous full page yeah. spread. Uh, I think Batman. <laughs> just love it. <laughs> Something that I've said on numerous occasions and I can relate with Selena, drunk or not. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, we, we get them and um, Phantasm, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Beaumont. Yeah, Beaumont, there yeah. you go. Andrea Beaumont, yeah. Uh, there you go. She has some weird uh, choppy robot in her house, right? Mm. Like, it's very sinister. Um, so, and then Helena shows up, sees a uh, tied up old Harley. Ah, in the know. future, yeah. And she's like, okay. Yeah, in the future. Let's uh, <laughs> explain mm-hmm. this right now, mother, uh, shall we? Um, just on mm-hmm. the, the, the Andrea stuff, though, is that I, I like yeah. that she's pointing out that Bruce hasn't changed Selena as much as he mm-hmm. tends to change everyone else that he he gets involved with. Right. And she, she's surprised that Selena's still kind of separate and thinks mm-hmm. differently. Um, so there, there, there seems to be a bit of a, 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 an unlikely friendship kind of forming, or at least an understanding between Selena yeah. and Andrea forming. So I'm, I'm curious to see uh, where that goes now. But uh, Yeah, so I also realize in, in this timeline, she's got a version of the animated series suit on. 
right? It's that gray. Kind, kind of, yeah. Know. It's uh, yeah. It's a bit more tactical looking than the anime mm-hmm. version, but yeah, it's just right, got the same color scheme. Yeah, but I just realized that now looking at this. So, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, still with goggles though. What to mention? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no. Uh, no, so uh, this, is a, this is kind of a weird bit where it's really, really solid and it's getting more interesting as it goes, yeah. but it's still definitely out of the three Tom King books that are going right now, it's easily the one that's the, the least special. <laughs> yeah, because it's the most of his Trident territory, yeah. right? Like, to me, Rorschach is his push into <clears throat> something new. Strange Adventures, a little less so, but what he's doing with the, the whole hero's journey type thing. And then this is a, a Batman-Catwoman story that's essentially a Christmas carol. So, um... Yeah. All right. What are you, what are you giving? Uh, uh, I'm going to give this an eight. This is a real, real solid book. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I think yeah, a ten is a uh, is good for me too. Uh, so there you go. The next house on the lake, issue one, James Tynan the fourth, with Alvaro Martinez on the art. Did someone just go yuck? I said woof. All right. <laughs> I was like. Who's reacting negatively? What the, no, what the hell? No. So here's our, our little horror pair. Uh, two horror books that both started this week for whatever reason. Uh, but this is the the tie in the fourth one. Obviously the one because of the creative team, the, the more uh, desired, yeah. the more anticipated. Um, so this book is not really what I thought it was going to be. Um, I don't think... I don't think it was what anybody thought it was going to be. There's, there's a moment towards the end of this book where you go, Oh, oh shit! That's what this book is. Yeah, because yep. you know, I, I think you see the cover. You you read the fairly vague description, and you think, oh, okay, so all these friends are invited out to this house, and then creepy shit's going to start happening, and that's what you sort of go in thinking. I, yeah, I'm thinking Camp Crystal Lake. You know, something. They're trapped in this big house. You know, <clears throat> I think maybe, maybe there's some aquatic slashery. horror going on in the lake. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking slashery horror, uh, not. What we got, and to be fair, the, the very first page kind of sets you up to sort of like throw uh-huh. your ideas out because you, you see that sort of page mm-hmm. where it looks like someone who's in some sort of post-apocalypse with a, with a spear, and you're like, "Wait, what the hell is this? This does not look like your your creepy lake in a house mm-hmm. or house in a lake horror story." Uh, is this the, your main character here, uh, the artist? <laughs> Just, yep, <laughs> the artist. Yeah. Um, who then explains kind of how she met this mysterious man. Uh, she, she started talking to this guy in a bar who was very silent and observant and she would talk to him and he kind of opened up the conversation in a very weird way where he just sort of asked, how do you think the world's going to end? And this became kind of like a thread that started their relationship where they would talk about this and they'd mm-hmm. sort of use it as an excuse to watch movies together, almost as if it was research, she said. Um and basically this went on for a while but then one day he just kind of disappeared like he just stopped communicating and he was gone and then out of nowhere you know a couple of years later she gets this invitation from him to go to this this house in the lake and it, you know the, the full page is like the like the email page um i will say i hate that it's based on a mac because to hell with Macs. but uh, other than that yeah uh, i like the ref this is a couple of references to tynan's other uh-huh. projects Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one on Tiny here, Tiny Studios. Yeah, which is the, yeah. that that's like his company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can see the the first little bit of the inbox on the, the left hand side for a bunch of other emails. So. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But anyway, I, I do love Aunt Linda sending a funny video that she's not ever gonna click on. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
Yeah, I, I do like how they do play with the different because there'll be another moment here where we essentially go to Twitter yeah. to get a live update. And I do like that. I like the mixed media. Very, very specifically uh, tweet deck, actually. That 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 oh, okay. page layout. Which is Twitter, oh, okay. but it's very specifically tweet deck. Uh, yeah, gotcha. I've never used tweet deck, so yeah. I just thought it was I just thought it was them doing the I thought it was Bueno and, and Tynan just doing this world's version. Nah, because uh, uh, tweet deck is the same as the columns where you've got it sorted into different categories and it gives you the It's it's gotcha. a, it, like that and as much as this is set on a Mac and me and Peter hate that. It's very clearly manual. It's got like the the three colors, you know, the the, the, mm-hmm. the attachments pop up, and it's like okay, yes, uh, it makes it feel super realistic. First thing that the Mac gotcha. does wrong is it puts its close minimize and maximize on the wrong side. So that's the first yeah. thing that's the problem. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. Uh, you, you guys say that, but as someone that only uses Macs, that's it's on the wrong side when I go to work and have to use my work computer. You filthy so, casual. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's changed since back in. But I remember having to use a Mac in school and being like, "Where's my right click?" Where the hell is the right click? Why is there no right mouse button? How did I get yeah, that menu? I come up? When I when I was using them in uni, I had to enable right clicks because <laughs> there is an option usually. I say anything. Uh, yes. um, uh, so anyways, so yeah, so she goes to the house, right? So so we get this weird tease. It's said kind of in like present day world because she's wearing a mask. And, she's wearing yeah, a mask, yeah. and they do a temp check. When yeah, she goes in with the so temp guns. So there is a little bit of uh, present-day context. So and so we get a little blub for her, even though we've been kind of already get a sense of who she is from the the backstory. She, which clearly she's mm-hmm. telling this story from the future. She's telling this story in the past tense mm-hmm. from much later. Yes. But uh, uh, so this is day one. So yeah, so this is day one. This is you know her name's Ryan. She's twenty six. She is referred to as the artist. And they all have their own little symbol. It's going to take me ages to remember because if if there's any slight nitpick about this book. Is that they got to a point where I'm like, oh my god, stop introducing new characters. There's only so many I could take. Yeah. <laughs> ha- however, I do love that each of them has a descriptor, and that's sure. how I'm going to remember them because I'm not going to remember their names. Exactly. Like, I forgot her name is Ryan. Um, well, the she artist. Is, she she is the artist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I do appreciate that. I think the issues going forward, there's probably going to be like an issue that maybe focuses on just a couple of them, so we're going to remember them better as we go because yeah. they get more focus. But yeah. Well, sure. and this is. When we were being introduced to them with their little blurbs, and each of them were clearly defined, I was getting cabin in the wood vibes. You know mm. that these are these are all tropey. Well, well, yeah, one of the uh, first things I noticed about these little blurbs, that's the word. which obviously come from this, you know, was it William the character who's put them all here? Uh, uh, Walter. Walter. There you go. Uh, is that it? Keeps saying at the end of these, you know, where he met them, but then also where and when they were chosen. And it's like, okay, so whatever he's doing with these people, he's been planning this for years and years. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is Some something... Some of them were chosen, like, 19 years ago or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, so the, you have... The second one is 18 years ago they were chosen. Yeah, and then there's actually... Yeah, different clusters, like his high school cluster versus the New York cluster. They're but, different points of his life. Yeah, but there's a cluster, yeah. like, later in the book where it felt like a lot of them were chosen around the same time in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a mix of different characters. I'll be curious to look at them more specifically when we get there. But yeah. uh, the second character we meet is the writer, uh, who is trans. Uh, that's the, uh, the writer, uh, Nora, yeah. who's 34. And you'll notice that all the ones that he went to high school with are all 34, which makes sense because they're all in the same yeah. year at high school. Right. Um, but, you know... Like one of them has a spouse who's thirty two, so they're a couple of years younger. Obviously, the the artist is a bit younger because that's someone he met in a bar years later. Uh, but you, you get this wide variety, and uh, but a lot. That's the thing is that the artist knows the writer, 
but you get the impression that the artist doesn't actually know a lot of the others. A lot of the others come from his mm-hmm. his circle that he made in you know either high school or college for the most part. Yeah. So a right. lot of them so like, know each other, but and there's a point where they're like, "Oh, you're the artist. We were expecting someone else." That, yeah. That, that yeah, and, and you get that here where it says first on, on the artist. First encountered five years ago at Beer Garden 33 in Greenpoint as a friend of the comedian's then-girlfriend. And then you go to the... So it's like an intricate web of they all know each other through someone else. Yeah. Right? Do you know what like, this, this really reminds us, especially with the symbols? Mm-hmm. It really reminds me of what uh, Gillan McKelvey did in Wicked and Divine, where you had all the, the gods and they had all their own symbols and it was like, oh, they're, they're all I'm falling asleep. I'm already ways. falling asleep. Don't give me a reason to read that book. I've stayed away. Right. And if it's anything... Similar. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. obviously, I'll I'll say more why when we get to the ending yeah. reveal. But this, yeah. as it went on, was making me feel less horror movie set in a you know a cabin by the lake mm-hmm. and more very high concept Twilight Zone episode as where yeah, it really started to like, go. Each of these people are a piece of something. Yeah. And what experiment is going on? Because why are you dropping a reporter in with an acupuncturist? What, like what? What I will say what is, is I really like how, so, yeah, you said that the writer, it mentioned, or but yeah. the artist that mentioned, oh, uh, yeah. comedian's then girlfriend. A couple of pages later, we meet the comedian. And yeah. it's like, yeah. okay, so here's this guy. And, and 32. they met at the consultant's birthday. Yeah, so. It chains on. There's, there's a web. And then we get meet the accountant, uh, who's Molly. Um, mm-hmm. And she's best friends with a scientist who's introduced right beside her. Um, who were told actually dated uh, the the writer in high school, obviously before yeah. the the transition. And there's like a little right. awkward moment afterwards where they notice each other and say, like, "Oh, hey," as if, "Oh, there's so there's history here." Yeah. And there's a little yeah. bit of awkwardness because of that. Um, so you get a little bit of that, and then we meet the reporter, uh, Sam. That's Win, right? That's how you pronounce that. I always yeah. forget the yeah. uh, the weird yeah. spelling, uh, and. Uh, the acupuncturist, uh, and these two seem mm-hmm. to be in a relationship. These two guys, yeah. Um, yeah. And the reporter is friends with the painter, yeah. and then yes. they know the acupuncturist through the reporter. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a web. And then the consultant, who and there's a couple who have read text because the consultant has it because uh, they're with the DNC, and then I think it was the. Uh, it was the best friend one the scientist, scientist. Uh, she, she works at NASA. nasa so they have yeah. links to something some sort of important organization which are noted this is when reading those i was like i got to this point and i went huh, <laughs> they're being profiled for something that this has sci-fi vibes more than horror vibes at this point like, kind of, I'm yeah. like and and i started thinking of like the martian i was like is this an experiment and they're you know how how we reduce society and that's what the horror is is that humans suck at the end of the day and then oh no it gets horrific <laughs> so that was not a letdown but at this point in the book i'm trying to juggle all the characters and i i give tynan credit for introducing him it does feel like a movie or a tv show where you get a little bit of time with them and then you move to the next one yeah, yeah just um, enough where you go okay i recognize uh-huh. them when they'll pop back yep. up but i won't really remember mm-hmm. them outside of yep. the barest minimum but Exactly. I have enough faith in time that over time, I will mm-hmm. I will know all of these. Yes, I I very yeah. much hope at least for a while, like the, the the following issues will always not have the full blur, but will have their title next to you know, the Doctor, the, the pianist. Yeah, or, yeah. You, you, yeah. You want it like a uh, Legion style, kind of. Yeah, 
just for a little bit, just until to, to, we get to know them, uh, I think. Uh, but we get the, the doctor, who does know the artist, because she's, she's very friendly with her, uh, and the pianist as well. Uh, they're both 34. Um, I, I think it was around this page, I'm like, oh my god, how many characters got you introduced stuff? But there's only wait, so many wait, I can so retain. Wait, the painter... So unless we're missing someone, there's no... Did, wait, did the artist replace the painter? Well, he did mention in the email that, not, like, some people didn't decided yeah. not to come. So okay. it could be entirely... So these are not... Yeah. yeah, so these are not hard and fast categories that he filled. Yeah. Right? So like, there had he to gave be, everyone yeah. a designation. Yeah. Yeah. But well, only 12 out of... Showed up. Yeah, 15. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It was a 15. Yeah, there was a few that didn't show up. And that's yeah. when, you know, Walter, who doesn't have a blurb, he just has the name and just basic I text. I love that. It's, it's so big in comparison to everything. Yep. It's just yeah. the name. It's just it's it's mysterious, right? Yeah, he's a very ominous. And the funny thing is, obviously, to the artist, he is a bit more mysterious because of how she met him. But to everyone else there, pretty much, he's mostly a fellow student, either in high school or college. So, well, he might have always seemed a bit weird. They kind of know him in a way that doesn't... Like, they wouldn't suspect him of something Most fishy. Of these, or a lot of them have known him for, like, you know, 10, 15, nearly 20 years. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you, know, like, but you have to think, too, that he's no one's best friend, right? He's that person that kind of floats around. Mm. You're like, oh, you know Walter? Yeah, I know him. We're good, right? Like, yeah, we, we, we all know I those got. guys, right? Yeah, I have a friend that I consider—I wouldn't say close, but a good friend—that's like that. That yeah. I definitely saw vibes of with Walter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're all chilling. They're, they're all impressed. I mean, that was one of the threads at the start of the book when they first walk in the house. Mm-hmm. Is how the writer says, you know. I, like I almost feel like I'm sully in this place. Even looking at it, it's so perfect and like expensive looking and and whatever. Uh, but they're all basically just chilling, drinking whatever, being in the pool that night. And no one can get a phone signal. The only one who can actually get any signal on their phone is the artist. And she happens to check her phone here towards the end of the book, and we get the tweet deck style page, and it's basically just a spattering of tweets about chaos in the world, New York's on fire, people's skin are, is peeling off. Uh, Anderson Cooper burst into flame live on air. That was a neat uh, reference, yes. Like, holy yeah. crap, um, man. This is another one, of those, another one of those references to Tynan's other stuff. Uh, Cole Turner, mm-hmm. which is at the, the bottom right. Okay. Um, that is a character, or the, I think that is the lead character of his uh, Department of Truth series. Oh, uh, which I have heard described as like a kind of modern style take in a post-truth world that we're in now on X Files. So, well, then that that lines up with what he says is they yeah. knew this was coming. They've been preparing it for years. Sure. Also, if it's the Department of Truth, dude, then what I love, yeah, is that there's someone who calls this fake, right? And obviously, we've yeah. had people in the past year and a half call the pandemic fake and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Right, that's happened. But what I love about this, because this is literally like cities are burning, like I've just burst out of flames. It's literally that meme of like the the cartoon dog in the fire. fire. This is fine. That yeah. is literally what this I, guy I is. I love how that tweet. Also, the the this is fake. It's it's got a blue tick, which tells me okay, this is someone who has mm. got a reputation for spreading yeah. shit like that. Which a, a nice touch. But it's that's following the tweet that I just watched Anderson Cooper burn to death on live TV, and it's this yeah. is all fake. Yeah. Also, well, also, I, I this, like the touch of. Go I was gonna say I like the touch of the BBC tweet saying from like a, an alternate perspective where oh it appears New York City's like being destroyed but no no response yet from Downing Street. It was just it was just like a really specific phrasing that made it feel different. 
it's because that's what the BBC would so, tweet, right? It's yeah. very, very natural. And of course, they would tweet, so, what's the down, what's the, the British perspective on this? So the, the guy that says it's all fake, right? He says, this is just some kind of promotion for a dumb movie. I guarantee in like 10 minutes, we're going to see Superman show up and fix this. Now, is this taking place in the DCU? Or is that guy just throwing out that as a, like a reference? Like I think he's throwing it out as a reference. Like mm. we would okay. see, you know, they're, they're all putting this on all the, the TV channels. They, you know, they've paid for right. all that airtime. I, I, I think there's too many questions about this world functioning if the Justice League exists to help That's stop all this. That's my question. So <laughs> then I, I think, that guy going, Superman's going to show up and save no, everything. I, I think all of, the, all of the pandemic references early on tell me this play, yeah. takes place in our world right now. Okay. Gotcha. I just wanted clarity on that part, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, it goes from bad to worse because then the emergency broadcast kicks in, right? Yeah, they turn on the TV oh. and they're basically told all this. Um, and they're obviously, they all immediately start trying to like, call loved ones. They want to make plans to get back home. They don't want to stay here for a week while this is going on. And then Walter, who has a very more ominous look in his face where he just looks all right, uh, you know, and the artist points out, you know, you picked us. Like, you... Mm-hmm. We, we haven't even talked about the fact that the art here, all oh, the colour has drained. Oh yeah, it changes, yeah. It's, it, it gives that impression, that harsh blue light of a TV screen almost, as they're all watching and this. It looks almost like watercolour shaded instead mm-hmm. now. Um, Like that panel of him saying, you know, I'm sorry everyone, you can't leave. Yeah. Uh, it, oh, it's gorgeous stuff. Yeah. Uh, and... So he basically explains, yeah, that's it. There's no world to go back to anymore. Uh, you were picked for here, and you'll never want for anything. You'll have entertainment. You'll have food. You'll have this gorgeous place to live. Uh, but you can never go anywhere. And obviously, I suspect that following issues are going to get into, wait, why can't they just leave? Or what is the boundaries exactly? Is there like a force field around this? Like, there's all, all these questions just flood my brain as well, to how does this work exactly? But as, I'm sure we'll get to that. The first time we see the artist, she is missing an eye. So... Things the, are gonna get yeah, in the future. Yeah, in the future. Yeah, in the future. Yeah. So, super interesting stuff. But he says that he's their friend, and but he does he does say, you know, this was unavoidable, and he refers to we like in terms of like you know yeah. planning this and like you know accomplishing this. He's, he says we, so he is with some group of some kind, and it's not that long. It's the end of this two page layout where all this like exposition and them all being in shock as they're hearing this is happening. Where the writer picks up, I think it's the uh, the fire poker or something, mm-hmm. and takes a swing at him, and his face just kind of splits apart. Like it's it's not a hologram; it's kind of like a, a flesh hologram where it just kind of splits apart. Does that make sense? It like stretches as well, though. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like the. He's outside of reality, if you ask me. I, well, that is. I, I, I would describe you know, it like I would say it as like a, obviously he's there, but I would describe it as it's like what you imagine if you put something through a hologram and you imagine it breaking yeah. apart because you've broke the, mm-hmm. the thing, right? Except That's, there's also like like blood and in the inside of his skull and teeth and yeah. like he's he's like flesh on display when it happens. So it's kind of like a weird mix where he's physically there, but his body just kind of split apart and like change and distorted because of the impact it was weird it's, it's it's not like it doesn't affect him it's not like it goes yeah. straight through him. it does like seemingly cut straight through him but he knows like, melts his head off and then it kind of just yeah. morphs back together yeah yeah uh but um, then he uh breaks the hand i think of the writer uh or uh, what, melts it melts, melts like it, it yeah 
Oh. Like, and I don't even know if he touches her. It might just be like a spin, almost like a snap. Yeah, yeah. You, you see him just, he kind of lifts his hand. Yeah, and, and that's uh, just it, yeah. And then part of the hand just kind of goes missing, right? And it's gone. Well, and look at him too. It clearly has some type of effect because he comes out of, you know, out of order. It's almost like when you when you hear about Lovecraft stuff, like you can't see their true image. So it's like our brain can't comprehend what he really it's, looks like. It's a very it's like a ghosting effect on a on a TV. Yeah. Or there's the after image is where it's uh-huh. still there at the same time. I guess that's yeah. not a bad way of putting it. I, I would describe it kind of like uh, either from beyond or the thing where you've got the two heads kind of thing that are sort of half mm-hmm. merged together. But it's more yeah. of like a video distorted sort of version of that. Mm-hmm. But it was really creepy though, because when you get to the bottom of that page and he's like, I'll be back every now and then to toast to the whole world, but I hope you find it and to enjoy yourselves. And the last thing he says, I love you all, comes across super creepy, especially since that last mm-hmm. little thin panel is just his mouth. And it's a weird mm-hmm. bit though as well, though, like, because. This, as creepy as it is, I think it's kind of genuine, because yeah, he chose these people. Like he, he was, it, I, I, he saved them. He saved them, right? Yeah, these were his yeah. friends, and it's like, no, you deserve and this place. That's how this house is effectively here's... an arc. You know, it's a uh, yeah. yeah. It's, as, so... as, much, as much as our characters are obviously going to view it as a prison, I don't think he intended it as a prison. I think he intended no. it as there's like say, an it is the ultimate survival. If you have to survive something. A house that <clears throat> looks like this, that has more than enough space, more than enough food, right? What, what's you know? That begs some oh, yeah. questions as well. Like he says, you'll never want you'll you'll be able to live here for the rest of your lives, right. uh, and you'll always have you know supply of food. It's like okay, where's that right. supply coming from? And I suspect like you know him and whoever he works with seemingly have the power to make things just combust, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, do they have the power to just like? make food appear or like bring in food from somewhere i I would say it's not it's less combust and melting Uh, well i understand the descriptor maybe it's not the best word because it's more of he's shifting matter in in the same way that he shifts his face sure that's kind of way he does the hand so i wonder if he can just like manipulate matter into okay Mm -hmm. well i can create food out of yeah maybe whatever potentially so Uh, here's my thing too he's obviously with a group how do we know this is the only house like this that's true. Because each of them have a different signifier, it, it wouldn't... and they're almost a piece that would make society function yeah, again. It, it, wouldn't surpri- so, it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's a twist or a reveal like halfway through the book, which is there's yeah. a, a second house somewhere. Or... I think that's the, yeah, that's the issue 12 kind of reveal, right? Mm. That's the, and, the yeah. you, you tell this story, but that's your season two story. Right, and so... I mean, it's very lost, right? When you hear about the tail section. Yeah, like some way they'll find a way to communicate with another house that exists. Right. But but also, I was getting, like, when he says, I love you all, and you'll never have to want for anything, it reminded me of the Garden of Eden, weirdly, to where it's like, I'm going to give you everything you need. You just have to stay here and, and do what I tell you. And judging from the first panels, it doesn't go that simple. Right, it almost like this house breaks down into whatever. In, in, in this parallel, yeah. obviously he is. Yeah. God, and um, right. it, I mean the the Old Testament God, it, he is a vengeful God, right? Right. That, that's and, uh, and makes one But that's mm. the idea. You know, when they they reject Eden, so to speak, it's like, well, f you then, go and beat piss it off and manage well, on your own. Right. And another thing, and again, I'm not up on religions, but I do know lore of stuff that the because of the flood. You know, God had said it's not going to be by uh, water 
it'll be by fire. Mm-hmm. And look how this world was destroyed and, you know, left an arc of people here. May not be accidental. Yeah, yeah you, you might yes. be accidental. Yeah. And there's a, so lot, there's, a, there's a lot of plot threads as well, which, like, I, I, I guarantee some of issue two is going to be these characters starting to doubt if it's real. Like, okay, so right. he, he did this weird supernatural thing, but do we really believe the entire world's gone? Do we yeah, believe like, that our cities aren't there and that our families are all I, dead? Like, and how do we know it's not an alien experiment to see how we would react to something like this? And like, that, I mean, or it's like a, a, that a reality could, show for them. That could still be a reveal. Like, the, come on, Matt. <laughs> I have no idea why that did that. That's very weird. That's not even a song on my playlist. So, hundred sure percent, it's, sure uh, it's not. I don't listen to Eminem. All right. Well, I, didn't I don't know why that was. played. I don't know if my watch went off. I don't know if the, <laughs> the whatever's aliens. happening in this book is real. But, yeah. yeah anyway, We're so, getting too close, guys. So, <laughs> yeah, like, it wouldn't surprise like, I don't think it's out of the question that this could turn out to be an experiment and it's not real. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, that's not out of the question. The only thing kind of leaning me against that is the, the prologue section. Sure. Uh, but then, but in the prologue section, though, she's still at the house because she's at, on the stairs where that symbol is. We see, we, yeah, we, we see that out in the, the front of the house. So she's yeah. not actually in a different part of the world. She's still right. there. She's I'm still sure. there. And if it mm-hmm. if, if the experiment went so out of control, right, now she's saying how it went, now we're taking it back. You know what I mean? Although, who knows? I All I know is this: I was getting Big Cabin in the Wood vibes, and then this happened, and I was like, oh, this is not at all what this what i thought it would be there's, but i'm 100 here for it there's multiple episodes of the twilight zone that kind of dabble and stuff like this there's one where there's a really great episode where they hear in the news that there's going to be you know nuclear bombs dropping and one family's built a shelter and it becomes this fight over the shelter right so that's sort of digging into these themes a little bit there's an episode where someone tries to fake the end of the world and tr- basically brings three people he hates into his like fancy bunker and he has it all rigged to sort of show signs that there's stuff going up above and the whole idea, I mean, it's all like a manipulation thing because he wants them to apologize for how he thinks they've wronged him. Uh, right. But it's all very psychological and it's actually a really good episode because it, it does something different with how it goes and where it ends with his character. But <laughs> Twilight Zone have a good episode? No. Yeah. Hey, they have yeah. a lot of bad episodes too. Like, <laughs> they, they do. There's up and downs. But it's definitely like when it, when it got to like, oh, the concept to this is that the rest of the world is, is dead and that they're on their own in this fancy house by this mysterious person who's brought them here. Who may be a god, who may be part of an alien race, who may be a part of something like something that we've not even suggested yet. I mean, this this is like straight up. This is this is good television mystery style stuff, and I love that the last page just leaves it with them in silent shock, crying, screaming, and awe. And because this this is a big fancy lake house, which is nothing but big giant windows for the view, we just sort of back out the house, and we actually end the last panel. It's basically the same shot that's on the front cover of the house. It's the same sort of angle of it just yeah. sitting there on the lake. Reflected in the lake. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, needless to say, we'll be discussing this issue two next month. <laughs> look, yes, 100%. Look, look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, so, no, very good. I, I, I am all for DC dabbling in some of this more non-superhero stuff with their bigger creators. I think it's because this is straight up creator owned. I think he said yeah. that. Um, this is basically, I mean, it, it's it's got black label on the cover. This is basically just a Vertigo book, right? Yeah. So it, it, this would have been, you know, five years ago, this would have just been published under Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in a weird way, it kind of 
got us to cover some of these books that maybe we might not have covered if they were still published under Vertigo. So if nothing else, it was a win for this show. <laughs> uh, are are yeah. you suggesting maybe their their decision to fold Vertigo and kind of just publish them as Black Label may have worked? Not a broad spectrum. I think just for us, we had this distinction. If it was Vertigo, it wasn't DC. So therefore, we didn't talk about it on the show. Are you more inclined to read something, though? If it's like, oh, it's just a DC book with everything else, Here's... as opposed to a Vertigo book? No, I wouldn't say I'm I am. Sure some people are, though. Some people may yeah. be, but uh, I like, mean, they're... if that's you know, same thing. If Vertical still existed, if I saw a horror book with this title and it said James Tay in the fourth, I'd try it because it's James Tay in the fourth, not because exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and like someone like Tim who loved Vertigo would try it because it was Vertigo before yeah. it was tiny. Yeah. If so. if Earth and Tim might take more convincing because it's not called Vertigo anymore. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what, are you talking about the Batman just, guy? Just, no, thank you. Just take your physical copy and go, yeah. Tim. It's basically a Vertigo book, and just. Whack him on the head with it and he reads it. I mean, I say that. He, he eventually reads everything in trade. He goes out and spends yeah. like a fortune at the comic book store every week. So, yeah. you know. Uh, so he, should, he, should, he should probably just get, uh, you know, DC Universe Unlimited. Or he likes the physical. It's... Yeah. I, I know, but he reads a lot of digital stuff as well, right? He, he does. He, he does. He dabbles well, in both. Like, I know the TKO stuff, when you buy it, I think you get a digital copy. So I think that's why he's also really big yeah. on they're, they're very creator friendly yeah so i mean I, I, the cheapest option is just digital but then you can get just physical or you can get physical plus digital you know there's like a, there's like tears of purchase <laughs> maniacs do that <laughs> the hypocr- yeah. hypocrisy coming from matt are, just... are tko are the ones who also uh the really delicate, so you like, get the trade or the singles yeah, you at can the get same a, time. Yeah, you can get a box of singles instead of which it's kind of funny but it's, it's almost it's almost the first time i've seen like a comic publisher acknowledge that some people just like the feel of a single in their hands versus mm-hmm. a trade, and therefore they'd yeah. rather six and some singles. Some people like having a book on their shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Cool. I would say that I, I like just just to, my final point on that. I like singles more than like six issue trade paperbacks, but an Ace Deluxe hardcover I like more than a single. Uh, you, no, I agree with that a deluxe or, or or an absolute. With yes. sewn binding. With sewn binding. Yeah, yeah, those those are so much nicer. But single issue over over a regular paperback for sure. Yes. Uh, All right, ratings, ratings. Uh, Matt, okay. what are you giving it? Uh, this is this is a nine. Connor, I'm going in with a ten. Ooh, out the gate. Mm. Yeah, I I am going to go with the nine as well. I think I like it a lot. I am deeply intrigued. I just, art is beautiful. Is, well. I don't mean to talk about it in, enough, but and, and, and Bella's colors. I, I think, I think we'll, t- we'll talk about more the art in this year too. We're, we're too we're too uh, flabbergasted with just what the premise is at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, that was it. when when I read this book, I was just like, "God damn, what a comic!" Like that that is just like one hell of just the craft of it all is just one mm-hmm. hell of a single issue. Yes. So I am looking forward to seeing how we settle into what the premise is now that we know what it is, <laughs> and seeing like what it play how it plays oh, yeah. with that as we go. I also noticed just before we finish on the on the cover, the uh, the symbols are all there under the title, mm-hmm. and the first one is the symbol for the artist, and that's right. highlighted. Ah, and that's yellow as so, opposed to all the other ones in white. I wonder if like that'll symbolize yeah. who we're following in each issue. It right? would surprise me. For... There's twelve, and there is twelve. Yeah. Are they so fade out as they as they, they die? They fade out as they die. <laughs> that's yeah. possible. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they even just like they're in that order because that's the order they're going to focus them on. The mind. Yeah, so we'll yeah, just go... yeah. Like it's well, there's twelve of them. There's twelve issues. It you know it feels mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. There's, there's, there's there's reasons to think. Uh, so if that's the case, the acupuncturist makes it almost to the end. <laughs> Would never bet. We're, we're using the meta to predict things now. Uh, yeah, all right. All right. So 
The Conjuring the Lover issue one is the, the final new book of the week. Um and I'll say I, I didn't dislike this. I thought it was fine. Like like this the nice creepy art moments. Yeah, I'll uh I'll, this is my last book now I gotta go because I gotta eat dinner and then watch the hockey. Um but this felt like half a book in the same way that I complained about Bendis. So it's not well, just a Bendis thing. Yeah, no, I agree. It felt like there wasn't as much of a story here, but it's kind of funny no. because it it does end before 20 pages because there's then like a backup. And I right. actually kind of like the concept of the backup because the backup is basically, uh, it's going to be just a little short story by a writer, in this case, Scott Snyder, uh, about one of the objects that you that, that are in the, the, the room, you know, the, the room horns. from The Conjuring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I, I love that as a concept because then I love that in Annabelle Comes Home, that was the thing. That was the whole, each of these objects is haunted in a different way. And that's how we're going to see all the different ghosts and whatnot. So that I like that. I just hear if this was a short that was like on YouTube or whatever, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a little bit more affecting because it's using like visual scares versus stuff that's more comic. Yeah, scary. I mean, you know it's, I mean, it's basically a character who's going to college who doesn't really feel like she's right for her, her mother's trying to like encourage her. Uh, mm-hmm. is also trying to encourage you to, like, you know, see boys and stuff. I actually got the, There was one moment, one line that kind of <laughs> indicated that she was actually gay, and her mom just doesn't know that. Uh, yeah, about her best friend and how much she yeah. misses her. Yeah, I was like, oh, and wait, this is sounding more than friendship at this point. She she was staring at that picture of her best friend, like the meme of, of Wolverine, staring at whatever <laughs> he put in there, right? Like, the longing was there. Um, um, I I might have translated the, the, the Latin... So oh, I know of what the hell of course they're, you're, they're talking about. Of course you did. Of course Matt oh, went no. Googled the Latin. Pete, this is... I've watched enough horror movies that if you know they're saying in Latin, you're going to save yourself. Right? Like, just know the Latin. Right? <laughs> uh, but it basically, from that first page, all you need to know, it's very simple Latin, and I'm not even sure. Yeah. When I put it in the Latin translator... A lot of stuff didn't come up, so I'm pretty sure this is just, you know, pig writers. Latin. Yeah, not even Pig Latin, because Pig Latin has a flow, right? Yeah. Pig Latin mm-hmm. like play. Um, uh, so, anyway. Uh, anyway. It, so, there's, like a, there's, there's a couple yeah. of creepy moments, and I, I think if this was like a visual short, it would yeah. probably. Because the art is nice enough. I mean, she's sitting in the library yeah. alone, and then the, 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 the area behind the bookcase gets dark, and then you see the two red eyes in the hand. Like, it's good, effective little moments that I think. I did enjoy on their own. Um, yeah. But when I got to the end of this, this story, which does end fairly quickly, uh, which is just this sort of tease of the darkness, you know, the eyes coming out, so the eyes and the hands coming out of the darkness above her when she's sleeping. Like, her name. It, you know, it feels like the a very early part of a horror movie before any of the real meat kind of gets to it, which is why it's maybe a little unfulfilling as a comic book issue, because it just didn't feel like it goes far enough. But it's perfectly fine. I think it's probably going to make for a decent enough trade uh, once the whole story's there. But I got to the end and went, you know what? There's a lot more books out in this week now, and this is an easy thing, one to drop, I think, going yeah, forward. I, I'm with you. Did you do the decoder ring in between the stories? No, I did not. <laughs> oh, man. Hey. Uh, basically, it translates to the child, the lover, uh, the man of God. So whatever that means, I'm <laughs> sure that I just... I just like to say, Matt, you know in... how you like solving all these puzzles and stuff in yes. the comics? Yeah. Go and read that uh, Batman Black and White issue five. That story with Gillian McKelvey. It's a Riddler okay. story, and it invites the, the the reader to play That's along. Connor and his Gillian McKelvey uh, I, 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 agenda. I that week, but I ran out of time. It's an agenda. So, is what it is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. So, 
I have an agenda. Uh, I'm not hiding it. Real quick, uh, how'd you like the, the Scott Snyder story? I, I thought it was liked... all right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice Tales from the Crypt episode. But, right? yeah, that's basically what it was. It, it was yeah. short, obviously shorter, more to the point. It was a story about this kid who was dared to put the coins over the corpse's eyes for the ferryman. But then for the rest of his life, like everyone to he fell in to yeah. steal the coin. To steal the coin, uh, sorry, yeah. So he could yeah. buy a toy. And then, you know, this curse has followed him through tragedy through life. Yes. Um and then when he gets to the place where he's supposed to be able to track down the coin so he can end this curse and be happy, it's a smelting factory. Basically that the coin was melted down and he's never gonna find it. Mm-hmm. Uh and he turns to the taxi driver and it turns out that the Taxi driver is the ferryman. Yeah. From from, you know, from myth. And so, as long uh, as he pays, so. For a book that Matt wasn't enthusiastic about whenever he, he sort of hinted at it, it's kind of funny that he both translated Latin and spent time to do a decoder puzzle in the middle of it. Hey, Indiana Jones is my favorite character. <laughs> How am I not going to do this? Right? Come on. I'm um, just saying, it's a lot of effort for a book you weren't in love with. That's all I'm saying. Also, I, I had some time at lunch. So, uh-huh. you know. Also, it was an easy cryptic. It was a, a, an A A one, you know, Z twenty six. As long as you didn't know the flow, you're fine. However, my favorite thing in this issue was the fake ad in the back, mm. which I'll probably share tomorrow, um, just so people have enough time. But it's basically one of those, you know, beach body ads for for what was his name, Frank Atlas, to to you know someone insults you so you get stronger and, and fight back. That's not what this dude did. This dude gets insulted. Um, Decides to to go to Baphomet, uh, warships, and is able to you know get the courage to to stab this man to death. So the message of this was: don't get swole, get Satan. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all. I, this this one page thing filled me with joy, and you know I might have to keep up on this just to see if they throw more stuff in there. I have to like admit, just flip through it at your shop, Matt. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna do, but I'm I, ethical. Yeah, I have to admit, I didn't, I didn't uh, read the fake ad at the back. I was, well, I was, you know, I was it's, done. Uh, it's fun. So, so I will say this: uh, all of DC's books this week had a lot more like digital like pages at the back, just advertising uh, future uh, books the, and stuff. So, yeah, the, uh, a lot of them are the Pride stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Pride Checkmate had some ads. Uh, mm-hmm. like, House in the Lake has some ads. Like, there was a lot. Sounded like sounded like you were calling out Pride Month. Were you like Pride Checkmate? I was like, Dude, where <laughs> no. are you going? <laughs> I remember. The, yeah, checkmate yes, the ad. Checkmate book was also advertised, yeah. is what I was saying. <laughs> so, alrighty, guys. No, well, I have no ill will towards Pride. Comics the Multiverse happily supports uh, Pride, and, 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 and any chance Matt has time to do his best of stuff before he runs off. Yeah, um, I suppose so he can. I, I, I do my my best moment, right? It, it's from Swamp Thing. It's where him and Ivy are, are tying the the you know the Green Man, and the Green Hulk thing. And you see all two, the memories. The yeah, two page one, yeah. Yeah. Um, art though. I it, it, that one was tough because I want to go Mike Perkins, but Nice House on the Lake was also really really good. Um, but I'll, I'll just keep it clean. I'll give it to Perkins for something, uh, with, with the exception of Waller. Um, <laughs> cover for Waller. Yeah. Um, I think about this one. Let's go. Let's uh... well, I know for a fact Matt was looking at covers before we started. Yeah, but I couldn't. None of them popped out. Uh. I'll go Madbat just because he looks like a, a, a he looks like a, a roided out freak uh, on there. That's a fun cover. 
<laughs> Keep Tom Watts in a rush. Yes. Yeah. Top five. Uh, top five. Number one, Swamp Thing. Number two, Nice House on the Lake. Uh, number three, uh, Batman. Number four, uh, let's see. Number four, Batman Catwoman. And number five, Man Bat. Sure. Uh, okay. Yep. And, and remember, guys, don't get swole. Get Satan. Uh, go, Knights, go. And um, I'm going to click out. You can edit this out. Patreon book then. Uh, so I had to, I originally planned on them two because I still had two from last month. So I got one less from last month that I'll do next week. So I'll do Iron Man next week, then I'll be straight into like, the the Joker for this month, uh, like either the same week or after that. But um, basically, there was even more books. This week. I mean, t- 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 I mean, earlier on, I literally forgot to read Swamp Thing because there were so many goddamn books, and I actually forgot about Nick's Batman as well until the very last minute because I was going to read two Patreon books and then went, oh wait, shit, Nick's Batman was this week, so I, I had to just it, pick it one. It says a lot that you forgot. Like, there's that many books that you forgot something, which obviously you haven't given us your top five yet, but there's not an insignificant chance of it taking the number one spot. It's one gonna, or two. It's going to be on the top five. I mean, there's no question about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, everyone's on patreon.com slash TV. Our patrons can make myself or Connor read a book at one of the higher tiers. Uh, and I am here today with kind of a mistake... I admit, but it's not a huge mistake. Something that can be rectified uh, quickly enough. Um, because I, I'm doing American Vampire, and I was technically supposed to jump to the miniseries, uh, but I forgot about this. Um, I was supposed to jump to Survival of the Fittest. I kind of forgot about that and just read issue 19. Um, but as this arc that this starts, there's only three issues, so I'll just do, I'll do the miniseries after this arc. Uh, so it's You're a, sli- a terrible person. It's a slight, it's a slight edit to the order. Um, but it's just because I don't I'm... edit my books. Well, here's the thing: I actually have the trades. I have all the singles, so I had. To, uh... Sorry. So you just forgot where it was. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot that I was supposed to move over to the. It's not going to affect anything. Like, it... you know, it's fine. Is it though? It's fine. If if Tyler's upset with me, he can voice his upsetness. Oh, he will. You can voice his upsetness, and uh, I will accept the wrath. And then you will apologize deeply and offer to watch a musical for him. <laughs> Tyler, you hold him to that. No, 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 no. That's not happening. Uh, so this is the arc that actually goes into the backstory of Skinner and Jim Book, and how they knew each other as kids. How Skinner moved in with his family, uh, after his family were burned during the Civil War uh, in their little farmhouse, and just how Skinner was always a bit more vicious, reckless, uh, dangerous, the way he you know, tackles a snake early on, when Book's like, no, I should just go home, I'd better go home and not get into trouble, and, and stuff like that. It really sets up this interesting relationship between them, which is sets up with them as kids, uh, for the first half of it. Um... And, you know, it's stuff like him holding a knife to his throat, uh, grabbing a rattlesnake with his bare hands and then throwing it over at Book. Um, just stuff like that. But then, then we jump ahead to when they're obviously older and they're in the southern New Mexico Territory in 1871 and they're they're both serving in the army. And, you know, there's some wonderful callbacks here where the start of the kids' stuff, it started with Book kind of wandering around as a kid and Skinner sort of snuck up and grabbed him from behind with a knife. And this kind of starts the same way, where he sneaks up behind him and grabs him. Uh, 
and it's like the same old same old but they're they're basically the they're, they're scouting they're watching for scouts that are looking for their little troop uh of, of the native americans so it's like okay there's a bunch of native americans who are you know scouting our team we're going to have to go back and warn everyone kind of thing but a lot of a, a lot of this issue is in the dialogue a lot of this issue is in the the little suggestions that skinner has that are a little psychotic or unhealthy or vicious or things of that nature because when they end up going back because they, they do go guns blazing for the, the couple that they see that are close but when they get back to the the captain or whatever the rank is uh and they tell him you know what they've seen and they've, they've got they've kidnapped they've managed to capture one native american uh to like give them some information you know he he sort of acts like he can't speak english the demand to know things and skinner ends up just violently uh cutting off the guy's ear uh and then cuts off the second ear after he gives him a bit of information but the information he, he suspects is a lie because he says there's only 35 men in his group and like no they wouldn't send seven scouts for 35 men that's far the that the ratio <laughs> there is far too extreme so it's like, no, nah, there's probably a lot more. This is probably a more dangerous mission. We're probably in fairly dangerous territory. We have to do something. And this is where Skinner just starts suggesting things like, oh, we should just sneak up to where the camp is and just burn them all alive. We should just set fire. And the captain, being a bit more honorable, is like, uh, there could be women and children in their camp. Uh, we're not going <laughs> to do that. Uh, so he's a bit more level-headed and likable. And it becomes this thing... Which I think is the most important thing about the issue, really, is that eventually Book sort of stays behind and talks to the captain and says, look, I know he, like, acts kind of over the top and he's whatever, but he may have a point. that There may be a lot more than we were expecting. This may be dangerous and we should maybe listen to him a little bit. Even if we don't take the advice of just burning everyone alive. And the captain's like, look, I've met guys like him before. They put him in the military because they think it'll, you know, straighten them out and get rid of their their already rough qualities but it never works and you know we, we can't rely on them it, we just can't and book says there's no one that he'd rather have watching his back than skinner sweet obviously words that he is going to come to regret <laughs> uh many times over as the years go on but it paints this really weird oddball friendship and relationship this brotherhood between them because essentially they became brothers because his family adopted him and that this thing where he's he's willing to stick his neck out for him even though he is so extreme and he is saying all these horrible things and even right after this scene he goes to talk to skinner again and skinner's like no i'm dead serious we should just go and uh kill him you know he's he's sort of chuckling that he's got blood on his arms from cutting the guy's ears off he's like ah this is war paint you know but you know books determined to sort of look out for his you know problematic brother of uh, trying to like keep him in, in line and and being there for him, because regardless of everything else, he will be there for him. Uh, to a point, of course. So, uh, but we get a tease that there are a lot more Native Americans with guns uh, up in the ridges and the, the cliffs waiting for them. Uh, setting up this up. And the, the cliffhanger, though, is there was a tease early on from the Native American about uh, their... the spirit that lives in the caves. Because the, the, the arc in this is called The Beast in the Cave. Um, and... You know, Skinner amusingly is the one who's being uh, cynical 
and saying, you don't believe in monsters, James, come on. Like, there's no such thing as monsters. And we see a Native American go into the cave and ask to talk to uh, uh, Mimita, is what the name of this sort of she-spirit creature, whatever she is, is. When we actually get the final page, though, and she's, like, naked and comes lunging at the Native American asking for assistance, uh, she has fangs. She's a vampire. So... This is obviously not how Skinner becomes a vampire, because we know how he becomes a vampire. It was the European vampires that uh, turned him and, you know, created this new version. But uh, this is actually an encounter that they have with something vampiric before that takes place, which was the you know, the origin story back from the first arc, the backup with the, the Stephen King story. So that's the thing. So we're delving into history here. We're going further back rather than going forward. So we get to the 50s in the next arc, I believe. But this is a three-issue arc doing some some stuff with uh, their relationship pre uh, the vampire, at least, well, the main vampire stuff. Obviously, there's a vampire here, but it's more mythical. They don't really necessarily have a word that would even know what a vampire is at this point in this time period if someone said vampire to them. Uh, or it's just there is some beast in the cave that goes by this name as a sort of like way the story would spread. Uh, When's this set? 18... Oh, I go back to bit. It was like 1870-something. I would assume there are legends of vampires at that point with that name, or something along those lines. That'd be how well known were vampires though, because I I feel like Dracula probably elevated how much people knew what a vampire. I mean, was. pretty much every culture has had a, a vampire myth though, like before, like long before that. So reasonably well known. I'll take your word for it. Maybe it's because we have the, the modern vampires, so we don't hear about the old myths as much, but I couldn't name you any old vampire myths. Yeah, that's because we've kind of replaced them all with the modern vampire, but most most okay. cultures had a version of the, the blood-sucking vampire. Well, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very d- change of pace, this issue, because obviously everything before was all the action on the on the island with the, 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 the squad and trying to get out of the the place and Skinner was there and we have all the violence and the explosions this was a lot more slower paced it was a lot more like back to character basics um and I think that's that's a solid move to keep the book feeling fresh uh obviously your taste might mean you like one more than the other um I, I'm all for the slower build and the the the, the horror and I like that it's doing the character building um but I wouldn't necessarily say that I, I, I prefer this to the previous arc yet, but I'll, I'll see how I feel about it as, as we get to the next couple of issues. Uh, but like I say, I'll, I'll do Survival of the Fittest after this arc, which still works out nicely because that's before we move ahead in time, because that's back to World War II. Uh, so we, I, I don't, it's not like I'm going forward into the 50s and then going back to World War II. Uh, That'd be awkward. So this is this is at least still fairly neat. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd probably give this a 7. It's a little bit slower, like I said. Um, but I appreciate the the kind of more nuanced dynamic uh, between the two characters that it's kind of presenting. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But yeah, that's American Vampire issue 19. Uh, so I say I owe one more for last month, so I'll be doing Animal Man next week. I was planning on doing both, but there was like 10 books or something like that. <laughs> so uh, Yeah, I'll be doing some of mine. Obviously, I did one this week with yes. Justice League. You could expect at least one more next week. Uh, that makes sense. So that takes us out of the part of the show where you pick our favourite stuff of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books. Matt already, of course, quickly gave us his. Mm-hmm. 
before you went. Um, so, uh, starting off with panel slash moment, what do you have? Uh, it's from Nice House on the Lake, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going with the, uh, in the final section, it's the side profile of Walter just saying, I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, that panel, I just think is phenomenal. I'm not going to say the rest of what that panel is for spoilers. Yeah, I- I'm a little conflicted because I think there's a few things I could pick from either that or Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even one or two things I could take from elsewhere. Uh, I, I... It says a lot that in a week where you have the meta thing in Justice League Dark that I loved, that mm. that's not even in consideration for my moment. I th- I think I'm going to go with Swamp Thing. I think I'm going to go uh, with just them in the cab on the way home and that conversation and the way he sort of dips his head down. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I was also tempted to pick her scream in the darkness. Is it on. the insert panel specifically where he puts his head in his hand or is it just that whole kind of bottom like you know quarter of the page i'd say the, the insert panel and the panel that's inside <laughs> okay i'd say that that beat uh sure so uh that's my moment uh cover of the week um i do like the main justly cover i am just a neat idea of all the hands coming in um, I'll also give a shout out to the Swamp Thing variant, which is a very, very pretty cover. It's almost Apocalypse Now, the way the Swamp Thing is coming out it of the is. war. It's pretty slim pickings this week, the covers, uh, given the amount of books there are. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick the main cover for Nice House in the Lake, though, uh, with the, the house in the background and the, the head in the lake, uh, with all the skeletons in the foreground. Yeah. I like all the covers you mentioned. The only other one I'd throw out there is the uh, the Batman variant, the Middleton one. I think that's mm. quite nice. I'm also going with uh, Nice House on the Lake, regular cover. I think it's really evocative. There you go. All right, what's your top five? Uh, nice House on the Lake. Wait, did we do art? Do art first. <laughs> we didn't do art. Yeah, uh, do it's art. Nice House on the Lake. <laughs> there, there, you go. Go. there you go. That was, that was <laughs> the right one anyway. Um, yeah, I'll probably pick that too. Uh, <laughs> I, well, if it wasn't for that last page, I might have picked Swamp Thing. But it's very nice. Nice, very well. nice House on the like, Lake. In in an, in another week, Swamp Thing probably would have won, but not this time. Mm-hmm. All right, top five. So nice house in the lake, then Swamp Thing. Uh, what do we have for that? Um, can I say specifically the Justice League that backup? No. No. All right, fine. Well, I guess then it's Batman and then Justice League, which drags down that backup. But oh, I I like the backup more than than Batman. Okay. Was that, was that not three and four? Or was no, that four I, only, five? I only read four. Oh, yeah. no, Mambat. Yeah, I forgot about Mambat. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess Mambat's above Justice League, but I, I kind of forgot about it. Well, there you go then. Okay, nice. Uh, my number one, I think I'm going to just give it to Swamp Thing overall for number one. Uh, I'll give number two to Nice House in the Lake. And then we're into some interesting territory. I'll probably Batman at number three. Number four, I'll give to Batman Catwoman. And then number five, probably to Green Lantern, I think. so. Imagine if you hadn't read Swamp Thing. <laughs> I, was so, I was so busy trying to remember all the other new things and all the, <laughs> like, the one of the main books just slipped my mind. Uh, 
<laughs> it's not even like it was a book like like this was a like obviously this was high on all our lists top for, for you and Matt and mm. it, it's it's not even like this was a particular like standout issue. It's like this is the bar for this book. This is what we were expecting. Actually, do you know what I think it is? I think it's because the covers of Green Lantern and Swamp Thing. Like at a glance at thumbnail size, look kind of similar because they've got a similar color scheme. I I think that's what did it. I think I just kept like glossing over it because I've read that already. <laughs> and it wasn't until I read the list out that I went, "Oh, I haven't read Swamp Thing." Feel the worst. So there you go. Good week. Uh, so what's coming next week? One may ask. So let's look ahead. So coming next week from DC Comics, we have Detective Comics one thousand thirty-seven. Uh, and this is the first month it's double shipping, so we're going to be getting through that story arc a little bit quicker now. Uh, as is Wonder Woman 773 also. So it makes sense they're both coming out next because, it, you know, they have to now. They uh, were week three books before. Four. What? Detective Comics was just week four. Sure. Detective and what Action week are we week four. This is week one. Okay. okay so so, so week next four. week is week two. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Detective 1037, Wonder Woman 773, the Joker issue 4 is out next week, which means I will be reading issue 3 for Patreon. <laughs> so, one behind, but you can still get a talk on it uh, and some thoughts. Uh, Rorschach issue 9 is out next week, as is Batman the Detective issue 3. We got Batman Urban Legends issue 4, Future State Gotham issue 2, um, which me and Matt both said we couldn't understand for life was why that wasn't uh, with colour, because it felt like it was missing all the neon that was a part of the appeal. I get where you're coming from, but I still thought it was a gorgeous book anyway. We both talked at points because we thought it was an odd choice to not have that book in colour. But... I I get it, but I think it's... I'm assuming as a stylistic thing they want um, mm. like an editorial choice rather than like that artist being like, no, black and black. Oh, sure. Uh, Justice League The Last Ride, issue 2 is that next week. Did you read issue 1 of this? I did. It was... It's all right. I mean, it's just yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for more as it goes on because yeah. it's Starsky. But I mean, the first issue was fine. Yeah. Uh, and oh, this one's worrying. DC Pride issue one, the hundred-page uh, special anthology book. Just, just like to clarify, worrying because a lot of pages to read next week, not because there's a Pride issue. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. I, I know. I know you meant that, but I wanted to make sure that was clear <laughs> because you went, oh, this one's worrying. DC Pride. No, this one's worrying because there's a lot of books and. Um, unlike maybe, I don't know, random 100-page like horror special, which I don't feel bad about skipping, I feel compelled to read this one because it's for a good cause. Yeah. Much like the Eason Celebration issue from uh, last month. So, um, yes, I'm talking about page count here. <laughs> I don't know how much reading I'm going to have to do. Uh, also, next week is Challenge of the Super Sons issue 3, American Vampire 1976 issue 9, and the Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries issue 3. So... Um, Jesus, I, I I just counted up how how much that actually is in terms of page count and how many issues that is. If you read the backups in like Detective Comics and Wonder Woman, theoretically, mm -hmm. and Rorschach is oversized slightly, I believe, it's like 14 or 15 issues worth before you add on a Patreon book. <laughs> That's fair. I'm not reading Wonder Woman though, so I get to skip that. And hell, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I won't read Last Ride. Maybe I'll just be like, oh, you know what? Things are too stuffed. Maybe. It's probably one of the first things to get cut from yeah. that list. It probably is. Um, I will say this though: the quality has been 
a lot more consistent and we, you know we've been praising that dc's in a really good place right now and i think you know when we're cutting books that are decent enough because there's too many books and a lot of the other ones are just much better that's a very good position to be in uh ultimately it's a better problem than you know when like yeah. oh this is all shit and i've got like maybe two books that i like <laughs> which you know hasn't happened too often since we started the show but there's been a couple of odd weeks here or there where it just you know the, the dominoes align in a weird way that uh it's, it's not particularly it, pleasant it, it's never been as bad as like the dcu days oh jeez, yeah I mean, I, I basically just wasn't reading anything at that point. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, interesting week and coming. Alright. Uh, so there you go. That is uh, what is coming. Uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers uh, for the month. So thank you to you all. Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordnow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Not Stanley. Stanley. Uh, so... That is uh, our Patreon producers. You can support us at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month. Uh, the producers are, of course, all 20 and up. Uh, the people who make us read books are 30 and up. But you can support us for $1 per month. And perhaps more uh, of interest to most people is the $5 tier and up, which is early access to the show uh, by a day. You get it a day. Or you get it whenever it's ready the night before uh, the actual release day. So um, if nothing else, it's there for you in the morning when you get up. Uh, at least I think people... Americans, they get it Saturday evening. People in the UK and further east, uh, it's there for them in the morning. <laughs> Although, I guess if you're like in Australia, then that's. You're even. Let's, let's not yeah. think about that. Yeah. It's, it's earlier than you would have gotten. When, I, I, when you get to you know, Australia, New Zealand, these, these funny countries that are just off to the side, <laughs> we, we don't think about those. I was just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's earlier than you would have gotten it, but I, I don't have the idea of like. You're getting it on like monday morning instead of like middle of monday night or something like that i don't know what the, the works out as. well if any of our patrons are from australia or, or new zealand they could they can let us know when they get it sure i think there's at least one well if you are listening to this i, I can't remember please. i don't know if there are comic books like, i don't know if they listen to constant Multiverse or if they're a patron for other reasons but there's definitely at least one patron who pays an australian dollars so there's at least huh. one so well, there we go. So good day to you, mate. Uh, yes, I didn't bother trying doing the accent. I thought, I'm, I thought, I'm really glad I'll, you didn't. I'll serve, I, I thought. Really yeah, I, I thought I'd subvert it and just sort of like do like a weird like take on it, yeah. as opposed to actually try to do the accent. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Uh, so yes, thank you to all our beloved patrons uh, at all tiers. You, you're all uh, vast supporters. Uh, and you can also support us, of course, uh, for completely free by simply hitting the like button, subscribing, commenting, all those things on YouTube, uh, and likewise rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, all those things do help. As of does, of course, sharing us out on social media. You can get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast, and uh, you know, keep in touch with us there. But uh, otherwise, that is uh, that is us. That is episode two five six of the show. Uh, so thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember, I never get lost in the Speed Force.